And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Griffin Bass and back in studio this Friday to celebrate opening day with us. He is our friend, the Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box. Stan the Fan Charles. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Good to be seen. I know it's not going to be a uh, long appearance today because you're going to head down to the ballpark. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you, we might not make it to two hours today either because I'm going to head down to the ballpark as well here in a bit as we celebrate uh, a delayed opening day. And yes, I know. I know. Yeah. I know. Are you sure I can't just do the Griffin Bass Hour? In the oh, is that what you want to yeah. do? You want to make the hour number two, the, the, the GB show? Yeah. We can make that the third hour. Yes, the fine third hour of the program would be the GB show. We got a lot actually, to actually could make it the fourth hour. Ah, in that's words, smart. Have the right. third hour just be it's dead reset. silence. Yeah, right. Reset. <laughs> um, Stan is here. I'm not going to do much Lamar meter wise today. There was no news yesterday. There was nothing that was of significance. Where are we at? 61. 61. 61. 61 after that disastrous press conference the other day. I mean, I, 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 I you know what? I'm still choosing to not say the things that I, that I know I shouldn't say. Well, it was what just was a, disastrous about it from your point of view? I was, I was the, there. The it, the way it translated to the rest of the country, right? Like what you what you see in the room, yeah, is, hey guys, we don't really want to talk about Lamar Jackson today. Like you know, that's not really why we're here. What the rest of the country sees is they're afraid of talking about Lamar Jackson. W- why? Why would you hold a press conference and say? But we're not going to talk about the only thing that everybody wants to talk about. Because it, the purpose of that press conference, and this has got historical background behind it of 25 years, is that they uh, three to four weeks prior to the draft, they make the draft personnel. I know you know all this, so I don't think it's ra- I don't think it's bad form at all. No matter what the country thinks about it, I don't think it's bad form at all to say before a press conference. That hey, this this press conference is for this purpose. It's not an open-ended press conference. And I think had the Orioles done that well, with the famous press conference a month ago, uh, where Dan Connolly got uh, his hat handed to him and then handed John Angelos two hats, um, I think the Orioles don't have that that issue either. Yeah, potentially. I I, I mean, I look. Look, in in in, fa- in fairness to Dan Connolly and the Oriole media, if John had been more upfront, yes, it, it probably would have been discussion right. some other time. Right, he wouldn't have gotten. There's a, there is a that. lot there, no doubt yeah. about it. I yeah. would say two things. One, yeah. it, it is also your responsibility within communications to consider the optics of everything. Mm-hmm. Th- th- that's part of what your job has to be. Is you you can answer that, Stan, but they have to consider how is this going to look to everyone? What is this going to do? And I think that was well, it, it's such a unique situation, seriously, in the no, history no doubt of about franchise that. tags and all that. Yeah. They thought, I think, well, we'll just address it up front mm-hmm. and people will respect what we want. And they somehow were because I was there, the first three questions were all Keenly, the questioners were keenly aware that they didn't want to talk about Lamar Jackson, but his name was involved in each of the questions. And that, and that I think, also made the, the shutdown even worse. Is right, because you then had to do a second shutdown. Well, but, the, but the question that was asked was actually really good. It was a really good question 
that involved the name Lamar Jackson, but right, was but about it wasn't the, about it right, was, it was about, about your draft. football team. Right. It was about the reason why you were there right. and the sensitivity right. of it. Yeah. then ends up making it look so much worse. Yeah. Like here, this was a question about the draft, and you're it just it was it was a bad look yeah. for the entire situation. And then I thought the only one of the three people on stage that looked comfortable was Joe. Sure. Yeah. Well, he I mean, the, the faces the, the faces that the John faces. was making was yeah. almost overwhelming. You look at the picture Jen yes. used. I sent it. He looks like he wants to be there about as much mm-hmm. as the man on the moon. And there's the, the other layer to it, Stan, which is they can say it's a draft press conference, but we also know you're not being honest there either. Like, it's all – it's it's a weird – everything about it has yeah, got, it's grown ter- quite it's terrible. weird. Terrible. So we – Worst dropped, moment – well – I guess you could say the Ray Rice situation. Well, there's no doubt. Yeah, that's definitely. And the Ray Lewis murder charge originally uh, was worse. But this is just disastrous. It's it's a mess. So I'm just – the reality is we're leaving it at 61. There's nothing new in the last 24 hours, nothing that changes anything. So the Lamar meter is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. But there is no uh, reason for us to move the number today whatsoever. And today is opening day, so we have other things to do. So we're just going to go ahead and leave it at 61%. Wouldn't you think it would be because of the interest in opening day? It would Th- slide we waver, into right? the, fifth, like the 58 inches. Oh, no, no. I would go the other way. The fact that we're distracted today is more encouraging, right? Like when we have something minute, else. The, 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 the number is reflective the percentage of what we think he'll, he'll be, be back. The, he'll be the num- week one starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. So today we kind of maybe feel we just don't care as much about Lamar Jackson, and that makes us. I felt that way for about three weeks. I understand, now. Stan. I get it. Uh, but yes, sixty-one percent. We leave that at the number for Lamar Meter, which again is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. All right, coming up this morning, we are going to catch up with our friend Ken Niamatololo, who's got a new gig, director of leadership for UCLA football. I don't know what that means. But it sounds like the type of title that Kenny Amatololo probably should have. So we're going to find out what it means when he joins us a little bit later on. Yeah, he's working then he's working under Chip Kelly. Chip yep, Kelly. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, his son is on the staff at UCLA as well, so it's okay. pretty cool. So Chip has a great deal of respect for Ken. Uh, I I'm looking forward to yeah. finding out more about that yep. relationship okay. for sure. Also this morning, a uh, former Terp and now for the first time a head coach at the college level, Dwayne Simpkins is going to join us. He got the head coaching gig at American. He has steadily worked his way up, has very much earned the opportunity. Of course, uh, that's his neck of the woods as well. He was a DeMatha kid once upon a time. Um, really nice guard at Maryland during his career, and now he has earned his way to the opportunity to be the head coach at American. We will catch That's up with great. Dwayne Simpkins. That's Simpkins. terrific. Yeah. I, I, it's a, it was really neat, too. Of course, everybody knows Gary started his career as at the American. coach at American. And so and Chris Knocky was once upon a time coach at American. So the two of them were there for the press conference with him the other day, which is a really neat moment for uh, all parties So involved. he could end up either in the Maryland broadcast booth or, or, as or the head at coach, Boston right. at Oh, Boston okay, it's the next step. He, go, he just follows Ohio State, Ohio State yeah. on to Maryland the entire path. It would be fascinating if it played out that <laughs> way. Uh, but we will catch up with Dwayne Simpkins as well later on this morning. Stan, it is opening day, so we're going to talk baseball here in this first hour. And clearly, what a what a weird way this first week ends up taking a turn for the Baltimore Orioles. As And I was not here last Friday, but 
you know, we go back. You and I spent plenty of time talking about Grayson Rodriguez and all of the hubbub leading up to opening day last week was Grayson Rodriguez not being on the roster. Well, as it turns out, Grayson Rodriguez was needed pretty quickly and pretty quickly showed he can get the job done at the major league level. You know, I think it, I think the the way it turned out couldn't have been more perfect for Grayson Rodriguez. To be in Texas. And, and, excuse me? To be in Texas. No, not, not the Texas part, just okay. the part where he didn't come up with the club and sit and wait three or four or five days to get start number one. He did get a start down there at AAA. It wasn't a particularly impressive start, but – then he's, he's thinking about, you know, getting toward his second start and what he's got to do. And then just all of a sudden he gets the call, hey, you're coming up, and by the way, you're going to start tomorrow. I, I just think it it didn't give him time to overthink, overthink the it. moment, okay. you know. Okay. And he just went out there. I think he had understandable nerves. Very the first much inning. so. Um, facing off against Jacob deGrom, not an easy task, nope. even though – Pitchers aren't really squaring off against them. No, but you know, you know like you know what's on the yeah, other you side. You know what's yeah. on the other side. I uh, gave up those couple runs, and it was like, oh god, here we go. And then all of a sudden, the next four innings wasn't really a hint of trouble. His command was very good. His execution was good. Um, I think it helped that Rutschman caught that day. Yep. Uh, and that was interesting. It's pretty that they clear that to they. Keep- they want them together. Yeah, you know, you 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 know that they don't want Adley Rutschman starting day games after night games. And in hindsight, you wonder if they had, if they had known that, uh, that they yeah. wouldn't have started him on Tuesday night right. in order to make sure that he was ready for Wednesday. But given the significance of the circumstance, you understand the decision, and I think it was much needed when Grayson Rodriguez was going through those early game jitters, that he had his guy that he has been working with for a long time there with him to kind of help him through that process. No question. I think it was a big help, you know. And I think uh, Chris Holt and Adley helped get him through that first period of the game, and uh, he settled down. I even, in my mind, I was thinking, I'd give him another inning, but I understand, you know, he hasn't really – gone near that near six innings it's so funny uh, we, we were talking about how when at that point after the fifth inning we're like dude he, he's rolling right now he is settled in you could you could throw him back out there for another inning but this goes to the next question which is the next step in this process and well he's here now right like particularly with Bradish being on the dl but also just because he got here and he showed he belonged you're not going to turn around and say well, sorry, you got to go back to Norfolk now. Like right. he's gonna make the next start. How do you handle this moving forward? This goes back to the conversation we had originally, with knowing that there's going to be a cap at some point. Do you just deal with that whenever you need to deal with that, or do you start being proactive now and start limiting his number of innings or limiting his number of pitches that he is able to throw even here the rest of April? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good point, Glenn. Uh, and I think that, that that's probably has as much to do with it. The larger picture of where they want to have him, they'll handle, they'll handle the micro portion of managing his innings down the road right Mm -hmm. now. I think they just want to be aware of it. That's probably keenly why there was no thought that he was going to get a sixth inning. Um, look, you know, 
I, I keep looking when I talk about Rodriguez, his development, and I talk about DL Hall, DL Hall's development. You can't help but look at 2020 and go, "Geez, that it really, really hurt screwed them. up." Really, the, hurt you them. know, it screwed up both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I think I, if I had one criticism of the Orioles on on how they handled them before, I I don't think you can manage innings and develop pitchers concurrently at the you know at the same time i think you have to if anything err a little bit on development side rather than worrying about a pitcher getting injured you know and i think there were far too many three and four inning starts by both dl hall and grayson rodriguez for them to really fully be developed. Is there any thought, you know, you and I talked a ton about piggybacking. To me, I thought it was the correct answer then. Is there any thought that when Bradish returns, like if, if, again, look, man, this is baseball. Somebody else could get hurt between now and then. We we have to be keenly aware of that. But, you know, given the fact that you already have both coming out of the bullpen at this point, if you get Dylan Tate and Michael Givens back in the coming weeks, which – you saw in the first couple days of the season how much it hurt this team. Killed them. It yep. did not have those guys. Yep. But if you get those guys back, is there any thought to saying, hey, look, once we have all of the bullets back in the gun, let's go with some three-inning starts. Let's, let's, the, the big thing I worry about, Stan, is the Steven Strasburg thing. It's the this team is in contention. Yeah, and all of a sudden you have to do the unthinkable is I, shut down I, who's, who's your it, most dominant pitcher. It might pitcher. very well be the right thing to do, right? And in, in D.C. they'd argue that they proved that it was the right thing to do. But the damage with a fan base. It allowed Steven Strasburg to help him win a World Series, get a big pay, and then, huge and paycheck, never, and never be able to pitch out anywhere. Right. <laughs> um, but the damage for a fan base that is, you know, yeah. on edge, that is waiting for something good, that is wants to embrace, but I just feel like that causes an amount of damage that I would want to be at least a bit more proactive about right now. You make a great point, and I'm telling you, the proactive piggyback person, when Bradish comes back, if he's healthy, is, is, Wells. is Tyler Wells. Yeah. He's proven, My God, that thing he's the other proven day. that the bullpen is really – I mean, not that he can't start. Right. Again, he's a guy that the whole reason you got him was because he had shoulder surgery and the Twins you know, didn't protect him. And he's he's been injured a couple times. What a great way to use him to extreme maximum value and protect Grayson Rodriguez at the same time. And, oh, by the way, get through seven or eight innings in games, be it Grayson starts and goes three and Wells goes four, and then you turn it over to Tate, Perez, and Bautista. Or you start Grayson, he goes four, you get Wells for three, but you've done the same thing. You've piggybacked, you've protected Grayson, and you've probably used Tyler Wells in a way that's going to keep him healthy when you need bullets flying later in the season. And I would say even if you get to that point of the season and Grayson Rodriguez is only available out of the bullpen at that point, even if you still a weapon at that time. That's what the idea of just shutting him down is Oh, it, it's it's very hinky. To, it's a very difficult thing for this fan base and for this organization and the relationship between the two parties to get to September and for them to say on Labor Day, you know, I know we're I know right now we're a game out of a wild card spot, 
but we're done. We're Tr- trust no me, more. trust me. What's what's not being taken into account is if the Orioles are truly in contention, serious contention for the division, or or a real good chance at a wild card. We know right now that July twenty twentieth or twenty fifth. Now I think the deadline is August first. Yeah. yeah. This year of floating uh, deadline. Um, they may as well pull that out of a hat, right, each year. Oh, it's going to be the deadline. It is, gonna it be, is August 1st. Right. Uh, that the Orioles are going to use some of the weapons, the, the bullets that they have in the minor leagues to go out and get Corbin Burns or or Jesus I, Lizardo. You, 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 say, so, you say we know that. Yeah. You're confident that they are ready to yes. ramp up in that department. Yeah, You're if, confident. If, if, I'm confident. Okay. And, and they may try and give up even more – in value to get somebody like Luzardo, who's still controllable that, for and a couple that, of years. To me, is know. they would have to do something with someone with control. I, that, I would still come back to that. You can't be taking on a rental because, unless again, they just go on some sort of insane run, right? And they're, and, they're contending and look like Gunner's having an MVP season, correct? Along with being rookie of the year and all that kind of stuff. But that's what's that's what's so galling to me about and. and I used this line in the article I wrote for the print edition, but I'll give folks a preview of it. I, again, sort of attacked the Orioles for their handling of D.L. Hall. What are they trying to ramp him up for? Right. There, there he's going to be, really so be the seventh the rota- or eighth yeah. starter, yeah. you know, well, uh, where he could be the guy right now that would make up for Tate and I, Givens being out. Look, I get that he – and we talked about this. I don't know if, if, if you and I talked about it because I know you were briefly in here on Monday, and I brought this up. I said it's difficult because what I would say is I get it. They He only made a couple of appearances in spring training. You could absolutely argue that he needed to be in the minors or not with the club to begin the season right. no matter what. But when you needed help in the bullpen over the weekend in Boston, it was tough to not think about the fact that – you didn't have D.L. Hall with you, and that could have been one more option for you as far as a live arm was considered to protect a 7-1 lead on Saturday. It was a tough pill to swallow, and particularly tough because it. When we talk about the relationship with this fan base. It allows everyone's minds to wander. It allows them to say, is he really not here because you're trying to ramp him up, or right. is he really not here because... You're still trying to manipulate service time. And, again, we could, Mike Elias can be as mad as he wants to be about it, and he can be as defensive as he wants to be about it. This isn't his fault. He didn't start this problem in Baltimore. I understand his defensiveness. But he also can't ignore the fact that it's existed in Baltimore for a very long time and that analysts, fans, everyone is well within their right to ask the question when it comes to something like this. Yeah. Is the real reason that so-and-so isn't here because it's the best thing for you know them, it's the best thing for the franchise, or is it really just about manipulating service time because that's, that's the I, M.O. of the Baltimore Warriors? i, I got to be honest with you. There's nothing that D.L. Hall has done to this point in his career that has me gigantically worried about what he's going to earn. How much service? Yeah, that's a fair I mean, that's really. That, that's that's and, and I think Mike is probably sensitive to that, but they clearly want to exhaust every opportunity of turning him into a starting pitcher. And to me, it's a one-way street going nowhere. Uh, you and I have had this conversation before. I, you, I know you've 
been on this for a long time. Yeah, Stan. I, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm shocked that I'm still on it because last didn't last July. Even yeah, it, when seemed, they, it really it did. It really seem like, seemed like they yep, said, "Hey, yep. we realize this is what to do." I guess what I would say, and the same thing that I've said a million times, I understand the difficulty for them of this has been a ballyhooed starting pitching prospect, and to acknowledge that he's a reliever feels like, like a defeat exactly right yeah i mean it's look he's a tantalizing talent mm-hmm. uh but in writing this column i went back over when he when he landed in the top 100 uh he landed at 67 after his 19th season yep and that's where that damn 2020 put his development put the skids on it uh and he since then he's gone from 67 to 70 to 87 to now 96. So his career, according to the prospect experts, Correct. is going in reverse order. I, and Stan, I, I, I came around. Yeah. You know, like I know. At, at first, I, know. I said, "There's just no way you can't give up." On, but I came around You've been on absolved. it. Yeah, You've been and absolved. I appreciate that. Thank you, sir. I've come around on it, and I think that it would have been, it would have behooved the Baltimore Orioles to have had DL Hall. They knew what was going on with Dylan Tate and Michael Givens. They understood how thick to the that point. that would not have – that would not – having him up here the first month of the season as a relief pitcher would not have ruined a long-term plan if you said, okay, May, May 10th. Yeah, you get your guys you're going back. back exactly. You're going back and stretching out. Correct. He, stretching out for him – has has not evolved into any meaningful seasons. If you need starting pitchers at some point this season, if you have a, the, the first. By the way, as you bring up the trade, we do have to keep in mind that John Means is part of that conversation. And John as Means well. is I put him right? in the column like as he's, well. Yeah. He's part of that conversation about what could boost them as you get to that point in yeah. the year, and you know what could end up impacting how they handle Grayson Rodriguez. Do they go to a six man rotation? To, to have him make a couple fewer starts in order to whatever the process yep. ends up being. Um, but yes, like if you need DL Hall for whatever reason to move into your rotation, there's always the option. But you needed live and you needed a live arm last weekend. I mean you knew you needed a live arm because you took a chance on Danny Colon, who by the way, in fairness, has been helpful. He's accomplished this one like, solid thing. He's hit my player in the face. <laughs> but he has been more I, he has actually had to give them real yeah. innings. He's a real pitcher. So, He's correct. a nice little pickup. So yeah. you knew it was a problem. Yeah. You knew you were going to have to be dealing with it. And I don't want to be over dramatic, as I said about the Ryan McKenna thing. I don't want to pretend like any one game or any one thing is going to end up being the right. singular difference in the result of your team. But you clearly could have used bullpen help this past weekend. Clearly could have used yeah. it. And you had an option, and you decided not to have him on the team yep. for whatever reason. And yep. that's it's it's tough. It's tough to have it that conversation. To yep. And it goes walks hand in hand to me with they might ultimately, if they were to shut down Grayson Rodriguez, it might very well be the best thing to do for the Grayson Rodriguez for the future of the Orioles, whatever. But the way this fan base would handle it would be oh, they would. Do- be up in arms it, i mean it would be a very very yeah. difficult moment for this fan base particularly if you didn't make a big trade deadline and acquisition especially if lamar hasn't signed if lamar <laughs> oh my god this city will be we're we all what a week all, that third I, week I, I, would, I would encourage tobacco companies to start selling i don't i know you're not allowed to advertise cigarettes any longer just break the rules just break the law well, the lamar meter probably 
could be sponsored by a cigarette. Oh my company. god! Because it is the burning. longer the longer it, it keeps going, burning. the more people around here are going to start considering picking up cigarettes. Yeah. And yes, if it's combined with having not made a a it, again, if you make any a, progress, but if you make a big trade deadline acquisition, right? It probably it, you know if you bring in Corbin Burns and say, look. We brought in Corbin Burns. We're going to have to shut down Grayson Rodriguez. Right. It's far easier to sell the fan right. base on. It's not because we're not trying. It's not because we're not taking the season seriously. We want to win. We went out and got Corbin effing Burns, for God's sakes. Yeah. If you pair I think if, the, if they were to get somebody like a Corbin Burns and, the, and, the, and the, the meter is sort of teetering, shut down Grayson... I still think they could use Grayson out of the bullpen. Yes, do something like that yeah. in order to make sure you that don't have to shut him. That would not rule him out as a starting pitcher next year. Yes, you know, I would. I would like to hope four to six weeks they used him as a a two inning. Yeah, I mean, guy yeah what, are, what are, right? What are we talking about? An extra twenty innings, right. maybe at that right. point, top right. something like that. So yeah, I don't think that would be the difference. I do tend to agree with you. And again, if you pair this with announcing. You know, an extension for someone, then that yep. goes a long way. This fan base just needs something. Hopefully it'll be a lease that, that's going to have to come at some point this year. So just something to give them to feel alive, to yeah. feel some sort of comfort. Uh, speaking of which, I had a great question that came in from a listener that we're going to talk about on the other side of this break. I'm happy to do it. Uh, today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Baseball season is here and for the first time in history, you can bet from your phone in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives so you can start winning today. Get up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. But in order to get those deals, you have to go to PressBoxOnline.com offers and you can claim those incentives there. Got a great question about... You know, John Angelos' comments last week and what it really means for Adley Rutschman's future in Baltimore. I'm going to pose it to Stan. It came from Danny. We'll talk about it next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co Co-host Zach Goodman will be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Battle Round with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. 
Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? Back in here on GCR, Stan The Fan Charles in studio with us on an opening day edition of the program. Expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. I guess I should have kind of talked about that on the air. I got the chance to check out the arena last night. Uh, appreciate them having – oh, yeah, we need stand back. Yeah. CRG? CFG. CFG Bank sorry. Arena. CFG Bank Arena. They uh, appreciate them inviting uh, Rita and I out for their kind of – I don't know what soft opening. I guess you want to call it. They had an Earth, Wind, and Fire show. Which Damn. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Like, so what's the seating capacity now? Is it's it like I think 15, 15? Is the, the, the number is okay. fifteen, and they didn't do that last night. So that's the one right. thing. When people ask me right. some questions, it was like not five thousand. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I was gonna say not even half full. Yeah. Um, they didn't do. So anything. I must have been like five thousand and one. I think on that, the that list. actually, you know what they kept saying was. And Griffin was six thousand. He, he was on the list. Um, so the sound is what blew me away. Yeah. It looks great. It feels like it, it's more comfortable. There's you feel all like that. you're in a different building once you're inside. Once you get, you remember. Like yeah. you know, it, it's it's not like <laughs> it's not. It's still very much like the entrance is still the entrance. Yeah. Like you still the ramps yep. are all still, but once you get into the seating bowl. You just feel like you're in a a welcoming, comfortable place. Whereas I think we all know in the old building, yeah, it, it felt was... kind of I don't know. It, it it almost felt like you knew there was mold. Yeah. Like you like I know, <laughs> I know there's mold here. I know there's asbestos here. Gary and I have uh, Frank Remish going to be on our Zoom uh, April twentieth. Okay, and I have to ask him the key question though is in the inside of the building. Does the elevator move any faster <laughs> yeah. than it used That's to? That's a great question. That is, the number. that is a really good I question. I can't decide whether the elevator at Clipper Mill or the Civic Center was more Center terrifying. Was more slow. <laughs> was slower. Uh, you can say slow. slow. I'll say terrifying. Yeah. The number of times I was in the elevator at the arena and was certain that I was stuck. I'm <laughs> convinced that I was going nowhere was, is significant. Um, it, it, the sound will blow you away. The sound in the building That's is, great to is hear. wildly different. And I know there are a lot of people away. excited about it. Yeah, but. Springsteen's tonight, the Eagles tomorrow, so it's a big weekend. Obviously, you know, I'm coming off opening day today. A lot of people probably going to the baseball game, then right over to the arena. You're going to be. Are you, were you on the Springsteen list? I did not too? get on the list for Springsteen. I did Griffin not. Griffin and I did. Oh, well, good we're, for you. Enjoy. Enjoy. Two things. One, get there early. If I had one complaint, it wasn't even a, like it wasn't even half full last night, and the process of getting in was very slow. Okay. Um, that's probably. You what know, time will that concert start? Tonight, Eight? I think. Nine. Tonight, I think they have seven thirty listed 7:30. for that. But you know, I, there's not. I don't think there's an opening act. So, okay, so it'll be I'm like gonna more guess like more like eight. Yeah, 8:30. somewhere in that range. Yeah. 
<laughs> and maybe if the game runs a little bit late, they try to to put a little more distance on that because they know it'll be difficult for people to get in. But I'm going to guess it's just a new staff and the first night and all that, but it might take a little while for them to perfect that. Get there early tonight. There's much better food options at the arena. If you want to eat there, there's so many better food options at the arena now. Um, get there early if you're going this weekend and for the first couple of weeks of the arena. Get there early. Also, be aware, check their bag policy. Check their bag policy. If you're going to the arena, it's like a stadium bag policy now. Um, I saw many, many women who were, you know, thought they had, their pocketbook was only about yay big, and yet were still being turned away and were still being told you can't bring that in. Check the bag policy at the arena. If it's not a clear bag, it can't be more than a handbag. Like, it's a handbag gotcha. or a clear bag for the arena, and that I think was also part of the problem with getting in last night was how many people were being turned away and had to go back and, you know, go back to the door. It was, a, it was tough. But uh, the building looks great, feels great, sounds unbelievable. Very excited for Frank Remish and for his whole team. Yep. Uh, it's a great thing for the city. There's no doubt about it. I'll be writing, in fact, in the print issue of Press Box that'll be coming out. I both look at the sports history at um, the 15 will kind of be a reflection of the sports history in the building at, at the building and all of the. It is wild to think about things that. Do you remember? You probably might have even gone. Did you ever go see Jimmy Connors play tennis? Yes. You did. You go. I. I of course this predates me. The world ten. I think there are a lot of people that had no idea that Jimmy Connors was once on a Baltimore World Team tennis team yep. that played Baltimore Banners. The Baltimore Banners, exactly yeah. right. That played at the Baltimore Arena. So I was once in an elevator with him. Ironically, not at the Civic Center. I was on an elevator with him at the Preakness. Okay. And he, I told him I'd just taken up tennis, and he goes, come out sometime, and I'll hit the ball around no. with you. Yeah. No. Of course, I never well, took him up on that. That also sounds so very un-Jimmy Connors-like. The man was, was a— actually no very, very nice, yeah. Well, now you're going to ruin it for me. Yeah. Now, it's like now it's like telling me that The Undertaker isn't actually dead, Stan. <laughs> He's a noted prick. Like, that's who Jimmy Connors is. He's such a great is. player He's in his day. a hell of a player, yeah. no doubt about it. All right, Stan, this comes from Danny. Yes. Danny says, Glenn, I'm wondering if you could pose this to Stan. In lieu of the conversation that you referred to on Monday's show with John Angelos on 105.7 last Friday, I wonder if his difficulty in answering the questions about extending players is really based on the reality that the Orioles don't plan on that being the way that they do business, that they plan on not giving out those mega contracts. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but I'm wondering if the struggle that he's having in just saying, yes, that's something that we're exploring, is because he doesn't want to lie about it and knows that the team's plan will be to soak up their five years of team control and then trade players for as much as they can trade him, and that's the reason why he said they'll be the next Tampa. Hmm. I'm frankly just not sure whether whether he's uncomfortable talking about it, whether talking about it would lead to an admission that, hey, we don't have the funding for that right now, you know, meaning, uh, which is something I've talked about a great deal. I don't know whether or not a, um, a wife and a son have access to the money 
before the person who's infirmed passes. I do not know that, uh, that they have Peter's checkbook and can just do exactly what Peter would have done mm-hmm. with money. I don't know that. I posed that question to John Moog, and he couldn't answer it either. He, you know, so there's there's obviously an amount of awkwardness that comes if that's if that let's let's work with that being the answer. The answer right now is look, we'd like to extend Adley Rutschman. We tangibly don't have the money at our disposal in order to do it, right? And somebody would say, well, can you take on another partner? And you've talked about the idea that yeah. they could sell up to like forty nine percent of the team in order to try to get some new money mm-hmm. into the equation and yet still allow John to be the control person moving forward, that there are things that can be done. But it's particularly awkward with the timing for Adley Rutschman, who, because of his elevated age and the fact that he plays a demanding position, probably thinks there's only really going to be one opportunity for me to truly cash in Mm -hmm. as a free agent and so there's not going to be you're not going to get him for a bargain you're not going to get him for the ozzy albies price that the braves got you know a a group of guys for it's going to have to start at more like the corbin carroll price and probably beyond that yeah um there's an awkwardness to every day that goes by is a day that he's closer to reaching true free agency and if he continues to shine like the star that he is, it's easy to say, well, you don't have to do this now. you got a couple of years. Yeah. But do you have a couple of years? Or are you running into the danger that... He becomes the next Brian Reynolds? He's just the you know the guy that... Or the guy that just says, I love you, but yeah. I'm going to negotiate with everybody and not just with you. Yeah. That's what I'm going to choose to do. And it creates a... I, I don't. I still think there's a. Uh, I think that the extension world, and look, I've seen the extension world play out. It played out. The Cleveland Indians were that back when they were the Indians. Mm-hmm. They were the first team. That team with Manny Ramirez and uh, and uh, Carlos Bayerga, Sandy Alomar, Sandy Alomar. They were the first team in baseball that really extended people. Actually, the Orioles were. Ron Shapiro extended a number of players that he had, but they were more like three-year extensions. It wasn't buying out right. arbitration years and all that that jazz. Uh, but the Indians really worked that to great effect in the in the early to mid-90s or late-90s. Uh, I still think they have some time on their, on their side there, that there's not – the clock is ticking. It's ticking for all of us. Uh, I still think they can get something done with the couple key guys that they want to do. I mean, all of a sudden you're going to have Mountcastle could become a key guy. Well, Mullins I mean, could become a key guy. And I think they're just being very judicious with how many guys that they want to extend out. They want to give it time. One of the things about a rebuild is and and as as effectively as they've done it, is you've got so many players that you don't know if you know Colton Kowser is really really a stud and, then it, and it, he's it not impacts that your change, decision. Yep, 100%. That changes. You don't want Cedric Mullins on a six year contract. Hundred yeah. percent. And that and that part, I think that Rutschman in particular is unique, right? Because he's the one. I think one. he and Henderson are the two unique ones among amongst them. Grayson could be a year year removed from being in that kind of 
territory. And, and it's even more unique as you look at Henderson with his age and you say it's easier to say, well, you, you definitely have some time right. to figure this out with Gunnar Henderson right. because he's still going to – if you do this a year from now, he's still 23 at that point, right? right. Like he's still – he knows that even if he agrees to a deal, he could probably cash in again after that. Yeah. The Rutschman thing is so unique because of all the factors, because of his age, because of the position. That he was 1-1. One, one, right. Yeah. Like, all of those things sort of add in together to make it a more, I don't know, it, yeah. complicated I, I is probably the word. I don't think he's going to be a guy that they, they're going to want to walk. Oh, I, I pray yeah. at that point that he's not a guy that they want to walk. I pray that's the case. Uh, how much are you buying into what we've seen from Jorge Mateo so far this season? Uh, it's very pleasant what I'm seeing from him. First of all, the defense is, as you know, the the lack of shifting puts a premium on a defender that can really move at a key position. And boy, he really can. He, his athleticism is off it's the charts. Unbelievable. You know, uh, got to be happy with the two home runs. Um, uh, you know. He he's clearly you're talking again you're talking in such a small improvement range if he could take his and Griffin what was his on base last year two sixty nine or was it that rough yeah, uh, no it was it was in that territory though I mean but it if was, you're talking you're not talking about saying hey if he could get up to being a three forty on base you're talking about if he could become a three hundred on base guy it was two sixty seven. 267. Yeah. If if you're talking if he could get up to being a 295 to 305 on base guy, look at the imagine the the damage he can wreak on people. You and, know. and I feel like it, it's something that uh, when I was talking with Bordick the other day, he brought up. I feel like every other team is seeing it as well. And this comes back to the question of if you're the Orioles, is Jorge Mateo more valuable to you here or somewhere else if this continues? given your your depth of infield prospects in the minors because the argument can be made that, well, that's why you can move Jorge Mateo. And at the same time, the argument can be made of, well, that's why you can move Jordan Westberg. Right. When you bring up, you know, trying to make a Corden Burns trade, it, for us to say, well, hey, make, you know, if Jorge Mateo looks this good, then... then that trade may start with, depending upon the kind of year he's having, with Joey Ortiz, sure, too. Sure, 100%. You know. like, and you got to make... Then here's here's the the part of that equation is Mateo if he's having a great year, you suddenly are saying, geez, we we know we're going to have to sign Henderson long term. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to sign Rutschman long term. Let's buy some more service time. Let's trade put Mateo in a trade with a Connor Norby to get what we want for the pitcher rather than trade the, the youngster and and you know. the awkwardness being Mateo's 27 so right. you know you've you've got to be trading him to a team that probably wants to win now so are they giving you like you probably have to be taking pitching prospects at that point in that deal instead of a I don't know who's trading a qualified major league pitcher for a a qualified major league shortstop no. right like I don't know who's got so that much Brewer pitching. team is a pretty inventive at getting things so if they got two or three pieces from the Orioles in a in a hypothetically you think they would trade. take on a Mateo in a I think they might they might like taking on a Mateo because he's not you know rather than just prospects because Mateo can help them win now you know 
I see. So if they're trying to extend their window without signing Burns, they say this we don't have to wait three years. We can continue to kind of be at least somewhat competitive yeah. for and a little while. Bruce in the Zimmerman prospect. in the deal. Um, sure. Just yeah, it's the old Drew Forrester bit. Just put him on the plane. <laughs> just like, hey, 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 you guys wanted Mateo and Zimmerman, right? And they're like, no, no, Mateo and Zimmerman. There you go. You got your guys. That's who you wanted. I, Pretty sure we agreed to the terms on that. Might be Zimmerman, Norby, and uh, Mateo or something like that. What are we trying to get rid of Norby for? I, I like the, Norby. I don't know that anybody's trying to get rid of him as much There's as you have no to room. give you have yeah. to give something up in order to we're talking about trying to trade for Corbin Burns, Griffin. They're not just gonna say, Hey, give us Bruce Zimmerman and you can have Corbin Burns. Like you have to give something up that you don't want to give up if you're going to try to acquire a player like that. The Brewers do have Bryce Terang at a at shortstop. They're a young prospect who they've been using so far the brewers yes yes so i'm not sure how in the market where's they the, are for where's the damas uh, is he injured or is he that's a great question yeah that is a good question i don't know uh, i guess he must be injured i don't have that answer. i don't have that answer i'll leave griffin do it uh, to right. get on find that. out for you yes not sorry high uh ankle sprain high apparently ankle sprain. Okay. is the end oh nope that was last year take it back I didn't check the date. That's on me. I'll continue to push it off to Griffin and let him try to solve the problem at some point. Will there come a time when 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 you Google search things that it automatically doesn't give you last year's that it knows to give you the most recent. Have you heard? He's playing. Adamus is playing. Maybe Terrain. Maybe they're playing Terrain at third. Hold on. So have you heard? They they are on. So, you know what's annoying to me. We did a little a, a pool for the Masters this week, so I don't actually care about the Masters at all. I don't. Right. It's, it's not a golf guy. Right. But now I got a little bit of a you know an interest because Cameron Young played really, and he's my guy. Right. He played really well yesterday, so I got a shot at winning this money. So they don't let you watch the Masters on TV until three o'clock. Okay. But they put it on their app, right? They have their app. You can't put the app on your TV. You can only watch your the app on your phone. On your phone. It's. What what they do now, is could you do it on your iPad? You could I can watch it on my computer. Okay, but I can, this Roku behind me. If I, I go to the Roku, Roku and search for the Masters app, you're not allowed to download it on your Roku. You're only allowed to have it on your computer or your yeah. phone. So I found out yesterday that on the app, so right. the broadcast that's not on TV, right? But on the app, this year they're using AI broadcasters. They're using artificial intelligence broadcasters, broadcasters for for the, the masters. masters not on again not on tv wow on the app so you got robots they have us. they have it's like oh, siri i guess it's more smooth than siri but uh here i'm going so to so here's a question here, are I'm you gonna, better right. are I'm you send, better than a robot i you know what i got to be honest with you Sam. what's really <laughs> concerning i'm not sure that i am i'm going to send you the audio for you to hear it hang on or i'm going to send it to griffin and he can play it on the air this was a, a thing that was going around yesterday. Right. That does the robot have Jim Nance's voice? No, I. It's a. You'll you'll know. Like you right. won't be confused into thinking it's a real person. Right. And you wouldn't want the. the this is what I could say with certainty. What you're going to hear, you would never want to be the Sunday broadcast of the Masters. You right. would never. There's no network as cheap as these networks might be. Right. By the way, how about the Angels still not sending their radio broadcasters on the road? Really, the still. Angels still. Still not sending their radio broadcasters on the road this season. But as cheap as networks are, there's no way any of them could listen to this and say, yeah, we don't need Jim Nance. We don't need Ian right. Eagle. We don't right. need Kevin Harlan. But for this, 
for Thursday at the Masters. Right, we save ourselves. Uh, you got it? Yes. I'll let you you take a listen. Tell me what you think. Substrucker, 28 years old from Austria, is going to hit from the pine straw on hole one. He took stroke two, and the ball traveled 162 yards into the greenside bunker. Boy, it's awful. It's it's definitely not. There's it's awful. It's it's, it's, it's not conversational. Obviously, it's right. you, you know you're listening to a robot. Right. Announce like right. you you can tell immediately that is, that is that's wild. not a person. That is wild. The question being, in in air, I'll I'll compare it. You couldn't do this in others. There's no way. Not now. Now well, maybe we in had the that interview with, uh, with Cot the Bot. Right. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, you couldn't do this in lacrosse, for example. Right. There's way too much happening. Uh, right. For that to be something that could be handled by AI. There's just way too much going on for that to be the case. But for golf, and if the option, I'll give it. If the option they said at the whatever the tournament, the Kemper Open, the old Kemper Open that used to be in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Is on Thursday, you can either just have video with no sound, or video with that. Right, you'd want that. I think I think you would. Yeah. I think you'd say it's something. Right, it gives me a little bit of context. I'll take it. But right. I I do think that what it confirms is it's not to your point. It's not good enough that you could ever put that on TV. You could never just say, "Hey, we don't want to spend any money. We'll let the the robots broadcast the game." You could never put that on TV and be comfortable with it. But I'll never forget when I started selling the Stand the Fan show back in like, and I I was selling the Stand the Fan show. I got on the air in '83, actually '81, but '83 was my first real year on on the on WFBR for six years. I was employed by a radio station. Then by 1989, I was selling my own advertising mm-hmm. and buying airtime to mm-hmm. put my show on. I'll never forget I walked into some guy to sell him advertising, and all he wanted to talk to me about was his idea of putting – I'd never heard this before. This was 1989. Golf on the radio. What? And and I go – Oh, you know what? And oh, I'm my God. Ca- Stan. Well, they do the habit yes, now. I've heard it. Now that yeah. you say that, now I'm like, I'm, well, he the guy was actually probably 30 years ahead of his time. Right. But at the time, I'm going, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm trying to talk to you. He goes, no, but you got to listen. It's the greatest <laughs> idea. And I'm going, golf on the radio. I, I said, I just can't imagine somebody. I mean, I never sold him any advertising, but he was hot on that idea of golf on the radio. I'm not kidding. When I worked at 99.1, which right. was, it's now, I think, Bloomberg, but at the time right. it was news radio. They were trying to be WTOP. And they said, oh, by the way, this weekend we're going to air the Masters. I was like, what do you mean you're going to air the Masters? They said, no, we're going to air the Masters. <laughs> I was so confused. Then I heard it, and I was like, it's not bad. these guys do a really good <laughs> job at this. Like it's unbelievable. They they have like a fifty person broadcast crew, yeah. and but they're actually unlike when you watch golf on TV and they just they're not really right. describing it right. as much as they're just kind of reacting. Yeah. And Jim Nance is the host. Now let's go over to sixteen. Now let's. There's no. He's not play by play. They're really doing play by play. He rips it. It's hooking left. It's hooking like they're actually mm. describing every yeah. shot. And with the natural sounds mixed in. 
it's not bad. No, it's not bad. Not bad at all. It's not I, bad. The, the guy had a vision for it back then, clearly, and uh, he was right and I was wrong. Well, I, at the time, I just couldn't have imagined. You ever check in with him to see I was what? A, no, because no. I can't <laughs> remember who he is. But listening to that, when he goes, uh, he's ready to tee, tee it off, and uh, right. and then whack, and you hear the ball, Yep, and then you don't hear anything. I was thinking about how that would be on the radio. But, but the radio. what they do on the radio is they cover that up. Yeah. They 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 just literally describe the flight of the ball, right? Because they're not. Here's the dirty. Like the guy that's doing that is sitting in a studio watching a, a monitor. Mm-hmm. So that guy is the one describing the flight of the ball, right? As it like there's it's not dead. There's not right. silence. Right. They are constantly talking about. How the it's putt- a majestic hit. Yes, it's, correct. It's exactly high. right. They do. They do. Use it is high. They, it is far. It is gone. No, they use British broadcasters. You're 100 percent right about that. They absolutely do that. Um, excitement for today. This day particular being the first. I don't know. Time we felt the juice of an opening day in Baltimore in six years. Yeah, since the seventeen season. Correct. I think we were optimistic in seventeen. By eighteen, we knew we had like a real. No, oh, yeah, there was there hands. was going to be a that it was coming. I think seventeen. I'm pretty sure that's the year the Orioles started twenty two and ten. There was absolutely. Oh, in seventeen, yeah. there was yeah. absolutely still the belief yeah. that that there was something happening. It yeah. just didn't continue. But true excitement for opening day and true excitement for I, I think the Grayson thing ends up being a, a even you know a, an extra little shot for Orioles fans today yeah. that leaves them even more excited was for that the, sort of like an injection. injection it was an injection yeah. of some sort yeah, of what I was shot. attempting to do believe yeah. it or not I've never done heroin so I'm not actually sure you sure seemed like, it you, had like. The, you had a, the arm tied very uh, it's weird it's weird well, you watch the wire I, a lot I actually do the ties constantly I just never do the heroin part it's fun for me to try to find like where is that vein, vein yeah. and I'm like well I got it and then I just then I'm yeah done. then you untie and I'm done yeah. I just wanted to see where the veins were kind of like President Clinton right never, he, just, he, he never inhaled a hundred percent he never inhaled uh, but real excitement for today and for the start of the season, and that's I think would have been more exciting if it was eighty degrees. Yes, that would have been really yeah. great. Yet yeah. yeah. we we agree, we do agree, Stan. They did the right thing. They did do the right thing. It's a shame. I keep telling myself that they did the right I, thing. It's very frustrating right. because I got to put on a coat today, yeah. and that's the part that you don't like. But I absolutely am on board with them doing the right thing. Yep. Uh, you're going to have, do you have a show on Monday night? Yep. Monday night, uh, Ross and I are going to have on an old college professor of mine, Lee Lowenfish. Ah, yes. Who's yep. now written a book uh, called The Endangered Species of Baseball. To sc- something, that's the title. It's about scouting and how they have kind of chopped scouting budgets. And now the scouting has totally turned the page from sort of the older guys with just eyeballs to looking at a lot of analytics yep. about scouting players. Okay, so that'll be Monday night yeah. with you and Ross, right. and then you're back again on Thursday? Thursday night we will either have on uh, Dr. Elliot Hirschman, the president of Stevenson University, or Brett Adams to talk about the opening of the East Campus Owens over Mills there. East is official, yeah. and you know they're hosting the uh, NCAA volleyball championships Did this not year. So it's a, this year, yeah, uh, coming up a little bit later on this month. They are hosting the. Uh, is this the, the women's volleyball? No, this is the men's indoor volleyball championships are being hosted at Stevens. So now you're not going to go. No, now you're no, out. No, interest, no zero interest. That's the way no, it goes. I'm kidding. 
Uh, and power rankings, of course, on Monday as well. Yes, and a- Luke and I are doing a little power rankings review on uh, Monday, okay. Monday afternoon. So Busy uh, man all of a sudden. Busy, yep. busy yep. man. Yep. 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 At Stan the Fan on Twitter, if you see him at the ballpark today, uh, give him a yell, buy him a hot dog. and, uh, <laughs> and Just one. Just one. Just one. He didn't have his donut today, so Did not. get I that man a hot had dog. Had the blueberry, uh, blueberry waffles. Today. Oh, went with them. Oh, today. that's much different. Think a healthier choice. All right, <laughs> we'll go with that. And I immediately ate yeah, a bunch I was of cookies. Say, and it, it covered them in syrup yeah. and, and whipped cream and all of that whole thing. Uh, enjoy the game, all my right, friend. I'll see you guys next Friday. Yep, sounds good. Right. Stand the fan, thank Charles, you. Chief Grand Poobah here at Press Box. When we come back in, Dwayne Simpkins, uh, former Terps guard, now the uh, head coach at American University. He's going to join us next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Hey, uh, thanks again to Stan the Fan for hanging out with us this morning. 
If you are headed down to the ballpark today, make sure you stop over by the uh, the block party that they're hosting over at the Hilton. Say hello to our friend Josh Sroka from Birdland Sports. He's going to be hanging out. He's going to have some, not all, of his shirts available from BirdlandSports.com, but he'll have some of them with him, and so you can I think check. He'll have out. yours, right? Oh, I guarantee yeah. this is this is one of the most popular ones by far. So Griffin's got his. We're both rocking uh, Birdland yeah, yeah. Sports oh, shirts yeah. today for opening day. Uh, I told you I was going to wear this one, and I almost forgot on the way out the door this morning. <laughs> I, well, you know what happened? I was like, well, I need to wear a, a hoodie. So I was looking for a, a hoodie, and then I was like, oh, I said I was going to wear it. I got to wear it. So I ran upstairs, and I grabbed it. And so, uh, yeah, you'll see me in my Birdland Sports shirt. Got to stop over and see Josh at the uh, block party this morning. And if you have not checked out BirdlandSports.com, uh, I would do that right now because they have so many cool and unique t-shirt design stuff that's a little bit different than what you're going to get in the team store today no offense to them just some different things that you wouldn't get there uh really fun designs that are available at birdlandsports.com get the birds are coming t-shirt the maverick style gunner shirt get all of those right now at birdlandsports.com prices much more affordable than big guys you don't lose anything in terms of quality of the shirts Get over, check it out. I believe the Grayson throwing gas shirt is still on sale today, so make sure you get over and pick that one up. And it's also, you know, you're supporting a local business that was started by Birds fans. Like, that's a that's a cool part of this process, too. So for Birds fans, by Birds fans, birdlandsports.com, and uh, stop over and see Josh at the block party today as uh, you're making your way down for opening day festivities. Dwayne Simpkins is going to join us here in just a minute. Just a couple of things um, that I wanted to get to. One, Joe got in earlier, said, Glenn, your, intru- your, conversation about, Jesus, your conversation about the press conference earlier was really important to me. I don't know that the Ravens necessarily did anything wrong, but it doesn't change the way that it's viewed, not only in the rest of the country, but I think even by Ravens fans. They came off as being far too sensitive about the topic. If someone had had called them a name, I don't know that anybody in a press conference is going to call them a name. I don't think that's likely. I, then I could have understood their reaction, but it seemed like they were going out of their way to create a problem they didn't need to create. Um, Going out of their way to create a problem they didn't need to create. I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I, what I'll agree with Stan about is, I, I, in a way, in internally, it might, we might be blowing it a bit out of proportion, but it doesn't change the optics of it. It doesn't change the way it looks to someone that only sees a clip, that only sees a video, and that that didn't need to happen. I know Drew, on his website, pointed out that they, didn't, they could have just canceled the press conference. They could have just done that. If they had said, we can't do this, it's just going to be a bunch of Lamar Jackson questions. I know we've done this every year for forever, but we don't need to do it this year. There's unique circumstances. We can just say, hey, this year we're not doing it. I, I think that, too, causes, if you do that, no offense to Drew, it causes a wild overreaction to it. I don't think that helps solve your problem. I think if today, you know, Jeff, or last week, Jeff Zrebeck had tweeted out, by the way, the Ravens will not be holding their annual 
pre-draft luncheon, then this fan base would have said, "Okay, yeah." No, what I mean, like, what the hell's going on over there? They can't even do a draft conversation. I I don't. Maybe the rest of the country they wouldn't have cared because the rest of the country doesn't even know that the Ravens do this thing. But locally, I think there would have been a, "What the f is happening?" But I also think that the the faces, those images that you saw, Stan's point about the only person that looked like he was happy to be there was Joe Ortiz, I think it reflects the thing that I keep talking about, which is even if you think the Ravens have handled this thing appropriately, and even if you think like Lamar is the bad guy, which I don't agree with, but even if that's the way that you feel, it doesn't change the Ravens' reality. It doesn't change what it is that they're dealing with. It doesn't change that the Ravens are in hell. Like, they are kind of being held up right now. And, you know, if that's fair or unfair, it's not for me to say. By the way, here, I've got two different numbers for him. If you want to try to call him, I don't know where he is, but you can try those just quickly because that phone will lock back up, so write those down or something because... I, it's one of those you got to use your thumbprint in order to. Sorry, doing a little behind the scenes stuff on the air. That's the way it works. That's the way. That's what. That's the high quality stuff you get around here. That's that's who we are and what we do. Um, but no, I, my point being, to me, that's a reflection. What you saw is a reflection of the the problems that they face, the trouble that they're in. They are even if they have approached this and made good decisions and done the right things, they're still in this spot. They are still dealing with not knowing that they're going to have their quarterback and having not been able to upgrade their football team. And I think those faces that you saw and some of those reactions, I I think that was a reflection of what it is that they're, they're dealing with, which stinks. It can't be fun. All right, this is going to be fun for me because uh, not only have I known this guy for a long time, but, man, I was I was a kid watching him play at the University of Maryland years ago and those special teams that changed Maryland basketball history. Uh, he has worked his way long time in the coaching profession, and now he is a head coach at the college level for the first time in his career as he was introduced this week as the new head coach at American University. It is a pleasure to welcome in a former Terp. He is Dwayne Simpkins, and he's back with us here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you, man. Congratulations. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Thanks so much, Glenn. It's been been a long time, man. Great to catch up. It's been a while. It's been way too long, man. It is so great to hear your voice. Uh, Coach, I – I'm I'm gonna guess that you felt like you were ready for an opportunity like this some time ago, right? But what does it mean? Yeah. What does it mean for you, knowing all the work that you have put in, rising up from level to level, to finally be rewarded with this type of opportunity? You know, it just affirms, man. Uh, you know, my belief and, and the belief that I, I try to instill in like my my children uh, and and my players that man, just just do the right thing you know, and be consistent and you're going to be rewarded for it, you know, and when that time comes, you you don't know, um, you know, this is something I'm, I'm a man of faith, man. And people, so many, so many people have said, man, like this is long overdue. You should have been a head coach. And, 
I'm like, man, God, God, God is so fit that this particular job at this particular time was going to be best for me. You know, I very well could have been a head coach three or four years ago and it would have been a, you know, maybe not the best situation. Maybe I wasn't prepared for it. Um, and, and you end up being fired after three three years or something like that. So I don't know, but I know that uh, I've got every faith in him that he's put me in a position that um, you know I'm going to be around some great people. Uh, I'm going to have a great staff, and I'm at home. You know, I, I never would have guessed that my first head coaching job was going to be really right cool. here at home. That's really cool. Obviously, for those that don't know, Dwayne, of course, you know, Dematha and Maryland, and I mean, this truly is home uh, for him to be right in DC. Oh. Uh, Coach, one of the things that jumps out in what you're just talking about, I feel like, and I'm not trying to be the old man who yells at a cloud, but I feel like (laughs) there's been a bit of a societal change where maybe we don't understand the value of doing the work and the value of the grind and how, how much you have to go through what times can be tedious and, you know, just methodical work in order to get to a point. Do you feel like this means more to you or you're better prepared or something like that because of all of the work that you have had to put in in order to get to this position. Oh, for sure. For sure. And not that I would have taken for taken it for granted had I been, you know, a head coach after, you know, three or four years in college, anything, but um, it makes me, it's going to make me appreciate it that much more for sure. And, and, and also it's going to make me feel that um, I don't feel like nervous, it sounds, it feels a little odd. Like, and I think I feel that way because I, I, because I've been putting myself in the mindset of being a head coach, even when I was an assistant coach, you know, trying to, trying to put out fires as they come, trying to be, trying to prevent fires, um, for, for our program. And and namely my, my head coach, you know, I did it with Wes Miller, um, at at UNC Greensboro. He's now at Cincinnati. Uh, I did it with Dave Paulson, um, at George Mason, uh, I did it with Kim English mm-hmm. here at George Mason before he left for Providence. So, you know, I've I've had experiences for such a long time now where I put myself in the mindset of actually being a head coach. I don't think I could have said that, you know, my first two or three years into the business, I really mm. couldn't. Ah, I and I can only imagine how invaluable that ends up being for you as you take on this role. Coach Dwayne Simpkins is with us. He's the new head basketball coach at American, of course, former Terp with us on GCR. Um, Coach, that scene the other day at the press conference with Gary being there, and and I didn't even think about you know with Chris Naki being there obviously as well. Um, basketball, American University basketball royalty. What did it mean to you, particularly with Gary, with your coach being back there? That's kind of unique thing that you now get to share that you are starting at the same place that he started his own coaching career. Um, what, what did that mean to you to have him there with you for that moment? Oh, that was, it was, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, and I think it was not just him being there, but like you could feel his energy, man, and his enthusiasm for, for me and, 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 and what I was actually experiencing at the time. That was the real cool thing. You know, this, it wasn't like Gary's like, Hey, I'm, I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a former head coach here and yeah, this, this guy played for me. It was like, yo, Dwayne, this is your shot. You know, he was super excited. I first reached out to Gary about this, uh, man, I guess this was like a month ago okay. uh, when I knew that this was, this was coming down and, um, you know, just picking his brain about how I should go about it. People I should try to reach out to. And man, like it was, I hadn't heard Gary's enthusiasm that, that much in, in quite some time. And he was just going down a list. Hey, you gotta, 
you got to reach out to this guy right here. I'm going to send you his contact. You got to reach out to this person. This is the reason why they're important. And he 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 was just super enthusiastic about it. So that was that was really really cool, man. Is there anything at all that you do as a coach that that you say you know you step away for a minute? You're like, oh man, that's Gary. Like that's where that comes from. Is there anything, <laughs> you know, on the floor in practice anywhere like that? where over the years you have found yourself saying, I know that's where his influence can be found in me. Yeah, probably more in dealing directly with uh, point guards. Okay. And, and, you know, just their mindset has to be different, you know, than, than everybody else's. You know, if, if they call out a play, the point guard calls out a play, and the shooting guard doesn't move, you know, where he's supposed to, you know, I'm not looking at the shooting guard. I'm going to look at him, but I'm going to look at you first. And, like, that is your responsibility, like, as the point guard. You don't run this play until everybody's in the right spot. And then after the play, if somebody does screw it up, I'm expecting you to be the person, to be the first one in the face, tell them, hey, man, like, you screwed this up. You know, let's, 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 let's get it right. Um, so from that standpoint, that's, that's where it shows up the most, man, in me working with my guys. You know, I'm, I'm not as uh, excitable as Gary. Uh, I just don't have the capacity to do it, man. My head will start hurting and everything. Now I'll get fiery and everything, but uh, not to the level of Gary, for sure. Wait, what about your vocabulary? Is it quite as explosive as him? <laughs> I'm trying to keep my job. <laughs> you can't have it. If that. Gary was the head coach in 2023, you know, guys like him and some of these other guys, man, were probably out of a job pretty quick. <laughs> um, it's gonna be hard, obviously, at a place like. I, let me let me present it this way, right? Like, I I don't think you're gonna be able to put you know Keith Booth and Joe Smith on the floor together at a place like American. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to get those types of players and Dwayne Simpkins, right. Johnny Rhodes. You know, like it, the it's unbelievable those rosters that you had there. But I, I was talking, my friend Patrick Stevens and I were having this conversation the other day. It feels like mm-hmm. if there's ever been someone who understands exactly what they're getting into um, at a job like that and, and what it's going to take, it feels like you probably are very high on the list of people that have yeah. full understanding of this area and American and how it fits into the puzzle. How much as you were making this decision, did, did you think about all of this like, hey, this, you know, I, it, it's a different place, right? It's, it's not a, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a place where necessarily basketball is everything. Like academics matter very yep. significantly at a place like that. And how much more comfortable are you because of how long you've been here and how much you know the landscape of this place in America? Uh, what makes me really comfortable with it is um, my experience uh, of coaching uh, high school basketball, you know, I was a head mm-hmm. coach for two years at Sitwell Friends. I was a head coach at St. Albans School for four years. And the the profile of those student-athletes is the exact same as what I'm going to be dealing with here in the Patriot League and specifically at American University. Now, the thing is, you know, people assume that you can only do one thing at a high level. You can be a really, really good student, but you're probably not going to be as good of a basketball player. Um, when I was at Sitwell Friends, my goal and my, my vision for the program, the same thing at St. Albans, was that we're going to identify those players and those families that, that value a high-level education and but also going to be pushed and, and, and aspire to be like really, really good basketball players, like high-level Division One basketball players. And 
Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it through at Sitwell. I was there for two years. We won a championship uh, my second year. We went undefeated. St. Albans came, uh, you know, another school just down the street, very similar in uh, in profile, but it was just an all-boys school. And, you know, there's some reasons, you know, from financially that I felt like that was a better situation at the time. But nonetheless, Sitwell friends and what Eric Singletary has done as the head coach there, he pretty much built, and we talk about it all the time, he built on the model that I wanted to put in place there. And he ran with it. I mean, Sitwell Friends finished number one in the Washington Post, mm. and they were top 25 teams in the country. They've turned out more pros than anybody else in this area, including DeMatha, you know, uh, over the past five years. I can think about that. Their girls program is a top 10 program in the country, and they've turned out McDonald's All-Americans. So it is possible. It is, it is 100% possible. I think, I think that, 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 that mindset of, athletes and their families has greatly changed over the past few years, knowing that you can get both a high level education and you can play at a high level as well. Uh, I love the coach the next uh, CJ McCullum, you know, uh, yep. who yep. went to Lehigh in yep. <laughs> a first round pick. Um, they're out there, man. And the way the college basketball is now, you're going to end up getting some kids and we're going to end up getting some kids that they started off at whatever Syracuse, and they're from they're from the DMV. They spent mm-hmm. two years there. They're really good students, and they're like, man, I just want to go somewhere one that I can get on the court and play, and get to the NCAA tournament. And what why why not why not American University? I, boy, you, you you I'm ready to go commit right now, coach. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to do. Here's the real problem, though. Um, you know, we just finally solved the Dematha problem at Maryland with Jameer Young. We can't have you start taking all the Dematha kids and having them go to American now. Like, I this is where it's going to get awkward for me because you know I'm rooting for you. You know I'm hey, a Dwayne look. Simpkins guy, but we can't have you like all of a sudden. I can't have two days from now finding out that Hunter Dickinson's transferring to American instead. I can't have that happen, Coach. <laughs> I thought, you know, it's funny. I was with Mike Jones yesterday, and I told him, and said, hey, look, this is the agreement we can have. You know, tell, tell Coach Willett we'll, we'll sit down and, and, and hammer it out. But if I've got a player who's a you – know, he's, he's a stud. You know, he's his freshman year. He's pretty good. Sophomore year, he's first team all league. He gets to the NCAA tournament. Yep. And he comes to my office and says, Coach, man, I want to – I want to go to a higher level, you know, I, I want to do for whatever reason. Right. And I say, well, Hey, I'm going to send you over to college park. There you guys go. Got a spot for you. But on the flip side, you know, I want those guys to say, Hey, Sim, we got a kid here, man, like extremely talented, high, out of high school, yeah, just, four star, five, just, whatever just not getting is. the minutes. It's just not working yep. out here. Minutes are not here. Hey, we want to we want to have a, you know send them up to Tinley Town. Hey, we got now we got an agreement in place. Uh, that, that, that's, that's reciprocal. I like that. I like that yeah. actually. That math we're works. We're going to think outside me. the box, man. <laughs> we we got to do a little bit of everything to make sure we're going to keep the uh, as much talent on these rosters as possible. I, I know you've been back, um, but you know what would it mean? Like, do, do you make the call? You mentioned Mike Jones, obviously. You know you got a math connection there, and he's back. Like do. You, do you try to get Maryland back on the schedule? It, it, it was tough there after um, you know American team beat Maryland once upon a time. I don't think Gary really wanted to schedule them that much more. Yeah. Um, but do you, do you, is that something that would matter to you to have that opportunity to come back in as a head coach? Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one, selfishly, just for, for our program, I think it would be tremendous, man, for the guys on our roster to get a chance to compete with, you know, uh, you know against guys at a program like Maryland. Um, I think – that will help our, our, um, you know, cohesion and our competitiveness 
for later on down the line, yep. you know, for the Patriot League, which is the most important season for us. Um, but it's been just beyond that, man, it'll just be great for, for our community and, and the DMV basketball community to have that, you know, uh, two local programs are, are, are going head to head. I, no, those are always, it's a good thing. It's a game that should happen. I'm, I'm completely on board with that entirely. Uh, coach, I got to pass along. My father is an American alum. He wanted me to say, go get him. All right. He wanted oh, me to say, awesome. I'm going to bring him down. We're going to go to a game. I, I was doing some Patriot League games because I work with Loyola up here. I was doing some Patriot League games for Sirius XM. It's been a little while, but I hope to get one of those assignments again uh, here in hey, the what, future. Yeah, what, what, what year graduating here with your dad? Oh, don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, hang funny, on. I, I, just, I, I just came across uh, a few guys at the press conference, six guys of 67 and 68. It was it, like uh, it, 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 it was a, a number of those guys, man. I was like, you guys still hang out? And they said, man, we, always, we stick together. We do business together. I just thought it was such a cool thing. It was It was probably a couple years. It probably would have been early 70s, if I'm doing the okay. math correctly on that. But, yeah, okay. yeah, he's he's excited for you. And um, we'll Bring him through, man. We'll bring him through. I, we're gonna, we want to we get as many of the alum back as possible. I will do that for sure. Coach, I'm so happy for you, man. Um, you Thank know, you. I, you I it's so that. well long over do um but a great opportunity not just obviously it's exciting for you but what a a cool thing for american uh to end up coming away with a coach of your caliber my friend thank you for doing this we'll be in touch thank you for uh, hopping on with us absolutely dwayne simpkins former terp damn good player damn good player on some damn good teams and uh, a guy that uh, is very deserving of this opportunity after grinding for a long time in this profession to uh, get the chance to be a head coach now at American University. I am, you know, to call it selfish because I've known Dwayne for a long time and he's a guy that I really like personally, but it's what Patrick and I were talking about the other day. You heard us. Like, this dude is ready. Like, this beyond ready. Great hire for American and, um, you know, obviously someone who understands the temperature quite well and knows exactly what it is that he's getting into i'm very happy for Dwayne simpkins who's uh, just just 10 and a half man as uh, as dudes go as people go really love me some Dwayne simpkins very happy for him all right we're gonna check in here with our buddy andrew steck in just a second today's show is brought to you by your local toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com the toyota tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Getting ready for opening day. By the way, it is official. The Yankees are going to go with Clark Schmidt to open today's game. So so there's that, whoever that is. Clark, Clark Schmidt is the uh, starter for the Yankees today in the opener against the Baltimore Orioles, if that's... The type of th- everybody in New York is all hot and bothered about uh, who's the, uh, Johnny Brito. Is that his name? Yeah, everybody up there, Yankees fans are losing their minds. They're like, you guys are talking about Grayson Rodriguez, yeah, right? And like, dude, what, like, have you seen Johnny Brito? Johnny Brito hasn't played in the majors yet, has he? Well, no, I think they. I think he made a start. No, I think he made a start this week, and then they sent him back down. Mm. I think that that was the way that it was. Everybody's fr- up there is freaking out about Johnny Brito. I'm like, okay, man, <laughs> I don't care. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> we don't do that here. We don't care about your guys. Let's go down to uh, Georgia. This man flying across the country, but oddly not to Baltimore, where he owes us 
quite the penalty that he's got to pay. Instead, flying to Georgia so he can go to some silly golf tournament, I guess, they set up somewhere. He is our buddy Andrew Stecka, and he's with us now here on GCR. What the hell's that all about, Stecka? Why aren't you up here? Uh, the time will come, my friend. The well, time it, will come. It better so. come. If I feel like the last time you <laughs> waited a year and a half or something, and you were like, "There's this, pan- yeah, well, there was- there's this pandemic." I'm like, yeah. "Okay, dog. Okay, sure. That's the reason." You were like, that, "What's that?" That's the reason. Did you win? This I t- just wanted to make sure we could do our normal makeout session when I get there and do it I am, safely. I am know? looking. So for, I, I had to wait. I am. I. I you know what? Actually, in hindsight, I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that's what you were thinking about. But for you, it's it's about safety. You did, did you did you win the Stecka Cup or did you lose to Lil Jordan? No, no. There's a there. There was a loss. That's what I thought. I thought I did not win. So, were, but what was it? Were you in? No, you weren't even in the final. It was who was the final? It was Lil Jordan and I don't even I remember. Think it was, Paul. was it Paul? It might have been Paul. I I, I don't know if you I remember. I Paul. suffered a bit of a concussion that day. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it took a little bit of a spill. Took a bit of a tumble that day, <laughs> and everything's kind of gone fo- foggy from the day and of this. I, and I'm day. still trying not to laugh about it because uh, I was I was concerned for your well-being. Oh my God. But I was I'm also still not trying to laugh about it. Oh my god. It, it was uh it was it, like the it is staggering. I wish that we had the opposite video to see just how truly dramatic this fall was cuz it was legitimate. All right. Uh you're going to the Masters. Uh so what's that all about? Tell me about that whole thing. Uh just Got the opportunity. Got have have a connection. Um, going going tomorrow and Sunday. Hopefully tomorrow and Sunday. Is, is your connect, is your connection Adrian Moronk? Because I he's my mortal enemy now. He got me so excited yesterday, no. and then he just then he became Adrian Moronk again. Whatever that is. Well, that sounds like a very Adrian Moronk thing to do. But no, no, it's not Adrian Moronk. Um, but yeah, gonna gonna take in as much. I've never been. This is the first time experience for me. One of those bucket list type things. So um, gonna gonna take it all in and, and enjoy. Uh, Brooks Kepka is the leader right now at the Masters, which would be terrible for a number of reasons. What is the thing that Drew is freaking out about on Twitter from Brooks Kepka yesterday? So Brooks Kepka's caddy, um, it, it appeared, gave a gave a signal to his playing partner, Gary Woodland. And that is a, a big no-no. You, the signal would have been, it looked like he was saying five, as in five iron, giving him an idea as to what Kepka was, was playing on the shot. Now, that's a big no-no. You cannot solicit club advice from a, from a playing partner or, or, or anyone else uh, while playing in a golf run. It's one of, those, one of those, I wouldn't call it an obscure rule, but you're, you're, you're illegally gaining information. So there was a big controversy over whether or not Brooks kept his caddy had, had given that signal to another player. They apparently did a little bit of an investigation about it uh, yesterday after both players came in and, and determined that there was no penalty. So I, it's, it certainly seemed sketchy. It certainly seemed um, like one of those things that perhaps the, the folks at Augusta National just wanted to brush under the rug. I don't know. But, um, but it's definitely created some, some sort of controversy because that, that could easily have been a two-stroke penalty for, for doing such a thing. So does it matter? This might be like, like if on Sunday he wins by a stroke, is this a big deal that golf people are going to freak out about for a couple of days? Or is this, you know, will, will have been forgotten about by tomorrow? I, I don't know about freak out. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but, but it will certainly be a talking point and it'll be a discussion. If it so, if it so happens that Kepka wins, I mean, look, if, if Brooks Kepka wins the masters this week, 
there will be a number of other talking points yes. to go along with it, obviously, because he's one of the live guys, and there's this whole, you know, blood feud, if you will, which has not really been a blood feud this week at all. It's been fairly cordial down here. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that it will be a talking point for sure if he happens to win by a stroke and could have very easily been assessed as a two-stroke penalty in the first round. I, I certainly think it'll be a talking point. Um, maybe not a maybe not a freak out. All right, do we hate Brooks Kepka or like like where is he on the like I we I know we hate Patrick Reed I know we're supposed to hate I guess we hate Phil now right is that the deal but like who do we, who do we hate of the live guys like or who am I supposed if I pretended yeah. like I cared who would who am I supposed to hate? It's so interesting because each one of them has such a different case. You know, there's so many different reasons whether you are are a live supporter or or against the idea of live. I mean, if you take Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson's really easy to, you know, easy to love because of his career, but he's also really easy to hate because of his career, too. And he's, he's easy to hate because of some of the things that he said surrounding Liv. Uh, with Brooks Kepka, it's, it's easy to kind of think that Brooks Kepka might be a little bit of a, you know, a blowhard who doesn't, says he doesn't need to practice as much. And, that, you know, that's been his kind of MO. But he's also wildly talented and, and has won so many majors already. Uh, in his career, and, and is also someone that, if you watch the, the Netflix documentary, Full Swing, I think they really tried to play up the fact that he was a guy that just didn't know if he had it anymore, and that was his decision to go to live. And then there's other guys like Dustin Johnson, for example, who have been very open about the fact that they went to live for the money, right. and who wouldn't go to live for the money? So there's a difference. And then Patrick Reed, the whole different yeah, yeah, he's just Patrick a douche, Reed's a guy right. who is... Right. He's he, yeah he's had a bad reputation for years. He's he's been known as a cheater and a and a you know what what, what Drew would call a rat fink. I yes. mean he's you know he's a guy that I think was going to be hated whether he stayed on the PGA tour, or went to live, or or moved to Antarctica. He was just going to be a disliked golfer um, by by the majority of fans and and even some of the golfers. All right, so but it sounds like it, it's almost like it's your choice how you feel about Brooks Kepka, which means I'm neutral because I don't give a rat's. <laughs> It really is a choose your adventure. And, yeah. and look, for me, I'm not a live guy at all. I, huh. I don't watch the live tour. It's right. not competitive golf to me. It's it's 54 hole exhibition golf that doesn't really. Oh, mean I, I assure it's you, so hard I, to judge. If I if I cared about golf, I would think it was a joke. I just you know I don't care. That's right, not, right. Like, but but it, honestly, if Brooks Kepka wins this week, I will feel I won't feel anger. I won't feel upset. I will feel like that is an, that is a tremendous story for this guy. To have left think last year, thinking left the PGA Tour, thinking, I don't know if I'm ever going to have it again because he really did suffer a lot through injuries and just through poor play after that great run of a couple of seasons. And golf is such a mental game, Glenn, that you sometimes you don't know if these guys have really lost it. You don't really know if these guys really just all of a sudden fell off the face of the earth because of whether it's physical injury or just losing it because it, it's golf. It's one of the hardest games in the world. To, to master for any kind of length of time. Can, can I so ask, if he does come back and win this week, like that would be a hell of a story. Can I ask the obvious question though, Andrew? Like, and, and I, is there a chance that whole storyline was bullshit? Like, is there a chance that yes, like it was made up for the no. TV show or it was made up to give him cover for going to live or something like that? Glenn, you're 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 100 right. When I watched the documentary, that was my first thought: was this whole thing is a, is is played up for for the cameras and i don't really i'm i'm not someone who's inclined to believe a word out of brooks Kepka's mouth when it comes to talking about any of the you know whatever you want to call it the, the politics of the golf world over the last year and a half i'm not going to really buy into his story very often i'm going to 
be more apt to, to buy the story of someone like Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy or one of these guys who's been open about, yeah, we need changes on the PGA Tour, but this isn't the way to go about it, jumping to another tour that's backed by the Saudis, that, you know, has all of the strings attached to it that it does. So, I, I yes, so to answer your question, there's a 100% chance that everything that was in the documentary surrounding Kepka was total BS. Where I would say it, open about, you know, you, you always believe something out of his mouth, especially when you say, no, I did this for the money, because it's a lot of money, and I have to perform fewer days out of the year, and I'm getting paid, you know, a boatload more money than I would have made. Like, there's, there's certain guys that you do have to take with a grain of salt. All right. All right. I hear you. Andrew Stecka is with us. He's down in Georgia. He's headed to the Masters. Um, where are you with the Grayson Rodriguez hype train after what we saw the other day? Well, it's, it's exciting. I mean, I, I'm certainly as interested as, as you all are and as everyone is in what kind of innings limit, you know, he may face throughout the season and just trying to get him built up to the caliber of pitcher that can be a regular, you know, six, seven inning guy and, and make 30, 35 starts in a season. I obviously don't think we're going to see that this season, but I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that he's here. And, and after the performance the other day, it seems like it's not going to, you know, I, the one thing I, I was never, I never really had a big problem with them starting him in the minors coming out of the spring training that he had, just because I don't want to see him have this yo-yo thing where he, you've got to send him back down at some point or another. Now that he's here and he's, he's I, granted, it's only one start and we're trying not to get, you know, too excited about how good he looked, but I think, he proved, especially after the adversity he faced in the first inning, he proved to me that he's a guy that can, can fight through some adversity. I don't think he's going to be a guy has to bounce between the minors uh, and the majors. So I'm, I'm pumped about it, and I'm excited to see kind of what else there is down there that, that Mike Elias and company can, can pluck and, and bring up to the big league roster as the season progresses and hopefully to a winning ball club. So where are you with the, you know, what do you, it's easy, I think, right now for somebody to say, Hey, deal with this innings thing or whatever his pitch limit is whenever you get there. Don't don't start worrying about it now. Deal with that problem when it's actually a problem. I I you know, I try to think about the damage that can be done. Andrew, I think the idea of ending up shutting down Grayson Rodriguez, particularly if the Orioles are in contention and they haven't, you know, extended Adley Rutch, Rutschman, they didn't go out and make some bold trip move at the trade deadline. I think it could be horrendously damaging to this fan base. If Grayson Rodriguez is pitching well, they get the Labor Day and they say we're shutting him down. They do the Strasburg bit. I, 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 there is a fragility here because of the lease, because of the questions about whether or not they're ever going to be the team that spends money, because of, hey, what does that mean you want to be the next Tampa? Does that mean you're just never going to spend money? Or does it just, like, there is a fragility with this fan base that I think would be really, really harmed by just truly shutting down Grayson Rodriguez. So I have said I would be thinking aggressively about how to make sure he's available to me all season long. And I would like there was no world in which I'm putting him back out there for a sixth inning on on Wednesday. But even though he looked great in the fifth inning, because I got to think about those things. And I've said all along I'd be having him make three inning starts in order to prioritize later on in the season. What would you be doing as far as that concern, which isn't maybe real now, but we know is going to be real if he stays healthy this season? Oh, the, that, and that's the most important part for me, Glenn, is the if he stays healthy this season, because you have to you have to be able to keep him healthy. 
that's the, the, the first and foremost what has to come into the mind of the club as they move forward with this. But uh, honestly, I'm glad you brought up Strasburg's name because that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to this situation. And if you go down the road and ask the Washington Nationals fan, if you can find one, how they feel about how the whole Steven Strasburg thing played out, I'm sure a lot of them would say, well, they were pissed when, when Strasburg got shut down that, that first season and, and because of the innings limit and everything. And you never, you never know how many chances you're going to have to either get into the playoffs or make a run. So why would you sacrifice one of those by shutting down one of your pitchers? But also, it's, you know, they turned around and did win the World Series with Strasburg. I think he was even the, the, the MVP of that World that Series. correct. Like, it, they, they turned around and were able to do something with a guy like that, too. Now... You, you fast forward that timeline a little bit further and look at where Steven Strasburg is now. He, he's been non-existent really since that World Series due to injuries and things like that. So the, the point you brought up right at the end there about health, that remains the most important thing to me. You have to keep this guy healthy for as long as you possibly can and get the innings out of him. It's, it's, a, it's a weird balance. So I, I tend to lean what you're saying. I, I want him around, but you've got to limit what, you know, how much you expose him in this season in order to keep him around for as long as possible and give yourself, to me, it's, it's cracks, it cracks, it bites at the apple. You know, you want to crack at the playoffs. If you're going to be in, in, in contention for that, you really want to have your best opportunity to do that. And honestly, I, you know, I don't think there's any doubt that Grayson Rodriguez would give them that, that best chance if he's around and available to pitch late in the season. No, I think there's no doubt about that. I, I just think it, it's covering all bases. Like, Because you can make the argument, hey, if we shut him down, we're doing what's best for the Orioles long-term and what's best for Grayson Rodriguez. But can you do both things is my question. Like, can you come right. up with a scenario in which you have Grayson Rodriguez throughout the course of the season and also protect Grayson Rodriguez long-term? Is it possible to be proactive in that thought process now so that you don't end up saying, well, the thing that we have to do is the shutdown. Okay, again, I accept that you, you there's only so many innings or only so many pitches that you can get out of Grayson Rodriguez this year. I, I get the premise. I'm not even trying to tell you that it's fake. But can you think about that now and consider now how you can be proactive in the process to make sure you don't have to use the word shutdown because I just think that ends up becoming toxic and poisonous to a fan base that is, as I keep saying, fragile given everything that's at play. Well, and here's the other really big factor in this, Glenn. You, you can't let it affect – you can't let your manipulation of, of Grayson Rodriguez and his innings throughout the season impact the, the, the rest of the ball club too much. You know, you, you, if it's going to put a strain on the rest of your rotation and your bullpen throughout the season, that can be really dangerous, and that can, that can hurt the impact of, the, of, of the, the ball club's ability to even – put yourself in that position late in the season where you want to have Grayson Rodriguez around for September and hopefully October. So you've got it. There's so many different plates to, to balance here. And it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not in that position because it's right. a tough thing. And, and honestly, criticism will come no matter what the decision is and no matter how it's approached. So it's a, it's, it's a really tough battle to fight. I, I hear you saying that, but I, I, would, do you think that they'd be criticized if they announced, Hey, when Kyle Bradish is back, we're going to have, you know, Grayson and, and Tyler Wells piggybacking, like the, especially if they've got Tate and yes. Givens back. Oh, I, I, yes, I 100% think they'll be criticized. Really, really. I, see, yeah. I, I, don't... I think they'll be criticized for, for, for that and a number of, from, from, from certain factions of the, of the fan base. Yes, they will be criticized no matter what d- determination they make because some people just think they know better. And, and well, I mean, be, I, I think they're always hard ass. No I, where... I think there's always a hard ass that says, 
this innings thing isn't real. Just pitch him until his arm. Jim Palmer threw 80 complete games. In a, like, I think those people exist. Sure. But, I mean, from from the separating the, the mouth breathiest of the mouth breathers, I, I do feel like there's an understanding of if you present it, hey, we want Grayson to be available to us throughout the course of the season. This is the best way to go about doing it. I, I don't know what the argument would be back from this fan base about that. Like, what would you possibly argue against saying, hey, Grayson's going to pitch for three innings because we want to have him around in August and September, and if we feel like that needs to change, we'll revisit that as the season goes along. No, and that's fair. And, and I guess the only the only criticism I can really – I mean, look, you can pull a lot of different threads and, and talk about how that would put a strain on the bullpen because you're using – basically two arms to do the job of one. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could go, but um, I mean, I mean, look, we, we've criticized the, the, the team for years for carrying rule five picks on the roster that probably didn't need to be there. Um, that would be almost like doing the same thing. If you're, if your parents do the job of one, but I, I hear what you're saying. Like it, it, it does okay. seem like I, a, I know like you're a, saying. a fair compromise. I, I know what you're saying. There is of course a big difference in like it, that extra guy is Tyler Wells. You know what I mean? Like there's, no, a, I there's a massive difference in that thing. It's a guy that's a major league pitcher. Um, and again, it would have to – like right now, I don't think you could do it because right now you're too thin in your bullpen. But if your bullpen is fully healthy, then I, I feel like – what is this costing you Brian Baker? <laughs> like is that is that I, what the I, price I, of this is? Because who is arguing with that? No, no, you're 100%. I also think that the reason you're talking about it, though, is because it's, it's one of the more fascinating aspects of how this club is going to operate this season, and, and nobody knows. And there's, there's also multiple paths that, it, that you can go down with it. And that's why it's an interesting talking point. It's why you've been talking about it all week um, on your show, and, and it's, it's, it's going to continue to be a talking point until we start to see you know, which path this takes and, and start, to, start to see something develop in terms of the patterns of, I, I, of I do how many, think how many yeah. innings is he pitching every game? I do think part of it, Andrew, honestly, for me, like to say, it, it's an interesting talking point, but it's also my desire to see work with us. Like, and I've asked for this a million times. I I appreciate the fact. I get it. In Baltimore today, you're not here. It would have been much better to have had opening day yesterday than today. It sucks the way that it worked out. But I appreciated them proactively saying, "Hey, we're thinking about you guys. We don't want you to have to, to show up, go through it all." only to have the game canceled at 12.30 and then turn around and come yeah. back again. I appreciate that. Acknowledge how much this fan base has been through. Acknowledge how painful it is to constantly hear the owner drag his feet about the idea of having the good players stay on the team. Acknowledge how tough it has been to be an Orioles fan and think proactively, hey, we don't want you guys to be worried about this guy being shut down. We are thinking ahead of it. We want to make sure you know he's going to be available to us if there's a playoff push this season. Yeah, no, I, I you're I have nothing to add. Unfortunately, I mean you're you, you hit the nail on the head, and and there are there are steps that can be taken to, you know, to to, to throw to throw a dog a bone, if you will. You know, I, I get what you're saying. That's 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 all I'm asking for, and in every I. I it's very frustrating at times, man. It's really frustrating to be sitting here talking about the importance of signing Adley Rutschman and still asking the question, but are they? Are, are, are they, or are we just going to do this all over again? Like, I, 
it is. Aren't, aren't you kind of just glad, though, that it's not a, a conversation surrounding Lamar Jackson? It's at least something different to bitch yeah, about every, but that's, every, every week. You say that, except it's kind of the exact same thing. It's kind of. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's, that's like, a fair point. I get where you're, I get where you're going there. You know, it makes it tough. All right, buddy. At Ace on Twitter is how you follow him. He does a, a soccer podcast because he's into those things. That's what he cares about. Uh, what's the? Remind me what it's called. Uh, it's called the Tottenham Depot Podcast. Right. If you're a fan of Tottenham Hotspur, you can go check it out. All right, buddy. Hey, enjoy your trip. I know, look, it's not my thing, but I know how much it means to people. It's a very special thing uh, for you and your dad to be able to do. We'll talk soon. Figure out when you're coming home. You owe us, all right? We'll, we'll let you know. All right, love you, buddy. Cheers. Andrew Steck with us here on GCR, checking in from the Masters. All right, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular, and then we're going to talk to Ken Niamatololo before we wrap up the show for the day. That's what's on the way here on a Friday edition, an opening day edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to birdlandsports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait. Did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Remember when I said we weren't going to get it two hours today? Remember when that whole thing happened and Andrew Steck had texted me and I was like, all right, I'll, we'll do that. 
I'm happy that I love Andrew, and I, I don't actually care. I did get a funny message from uh, Ryan Frazier this morning. Ryan Frazier and I, Ryan gets his entertainment from um, Would You Rather Wednesday, and everybody that tries to um, finagle their way out of it. So now everybody that doesn't just directly answer the question, I now tag Ryan in afterwards, and we we both chuckle about it and we have fun with it. Um, but he messaged and said because uh, his his team for the pool was Kepka, Fleetwood, Mickelson, uh. and Schwartzel. He said, if Brooks wins, are my winnings considered Saudi blood money by proxy? <laughs> I'm going to tell him I think the right thing to do would be to you know, offer it to me instead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't accept this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Instead, you know, you organize the thing. I'll let you have the money. I think that's the right, the right thing to do if Brooks Kepka ends up winning. Uh, baseball season is here for the first time in history. You can bet from your phone in Maryland. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers for the best sportsbook offers and incentives. So you can start winning today. For example, you can get five second-chance bets at PointsBet when you deposit and bet your first $50. But you have to go to PressBoxOnline.com offers in order to take advantage of that incentive. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, so Tiger was two over par yesterday after round one. He shot a 74, um, and it's not great uh, because each of the last 17 Masters winners uh, have been won by a player who shot under par mm. in the first round. Boy, that, that's very dramatic, your, your statement that you don't think Tiger Woods is going to win the Masters well, this exactly. year. exactly. That's the thing, is that the last time the eventual winner to shoot 72 oh. or higher, oh. 2005, Tiger How Woods shot that? 74. How about that? Just as he did yesterday. How about that? I don't think he's going to win this one. No. I don't think that's don't the think case. So. Don't you think never so. know. No, you're right, but I don't think so. Uh, and since uh, that, it was his worst opening round since 25, 25, 2005. He currently sits at T, or I guess uh, at the beginning of the day, he sat at T54, uh, which is his second worst position after one round at Augusta. Um, and it makes his, uh, it, it would be his record tying 23rd straight Masters cut to make it. Um, it looks like it's it's in jeopardy because he's made 22 straight at the minute at the moment. So it looks like he may be in jeopardy of that. Oh. The two he, two people he's trying to tie. Fred Couples uh-huh. and Gary Player. Okay, all right. You weren't gonna, about, uh, I guess you weren't going to no, guess. I, w- I, I didn't. I, I you didn't say that was what you were. Yeah. Is that I was, was, that I was trying trivia? to lead it? No, no, no. Well, I that, wish you would have told me that. I was. I was just trying to lead it into see if uh, you would knew that. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. I would not have. There's no chance. <laughs> I have a little bit of a tidbit. So teams playing their first home game of the season uh, and are a favorite and are playing against a team that they have already played this year are 18 and four over the last uh, 20 seasons. Okay. All right. So uh, today, fitting that bill, the Cleveland Guardians. So hosting the you're Seattle Mariners. Throw everything, everything you've got. Yeah, you that's know? what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, 18 right. and four straight up again uh, over the last 20 seasons. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara. We'll go with Alcantara because I like saying Alcantara. Yeah. Uh, he threw a complete game shutout on Tuesday, uh, his fourth uh, of his career, which is the most since, uh, which is the most since 2018 across all of Major League Baseball. Only four. Well, it's Four completely game shutouts. It's really, yeah, it's kind of I mean, down. It's not that surprising, honestly. Yeah, I actually, if I'm being honest with you, I'd say I'm surprised it's that many. Really, four? It's just where we yeah. are, you know. Uh, he is only eighth though on uh, among active pitchers among complete game shutouts. So I want to see if you can name the seven uh, active pitchers who have more complete game shutouts. That'd be five or more. So I'll guess Scherzer. Uh, you would guess correctly, Max Scherzer, tied for fifth. He has five complete I'll game shutouts. Yes, Verlander. 
Verlander is no. Verlander's yeah, okay. not on the list. I mean, that's surprising, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll guess Kershaw. Kershaw has the most. He has 15 complete game shutouts. This is among active pitchers. This is really hard, man. Yeah, there. I this mean, that like really you definitely. Hard. Well, actually, one of them's gonna be one of them. You'll never get. But oh, good, <laughs> good. One I of mean, them it's, I'll it's never fun- get. It's funny that he's on this list. <laughs> it's funny that you. I don't even know what would qualify. Get, get, guess others first. All right. <laughs> uh, is Wainwright still active? Uh, no, Wainwright. Yeah, I know he was singing the national anthem recently. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um. Boy, my God! I, I Whoa. hang on, chill, okay. chill, chill. A Kluber? Yes, Corey Kluber. Okay. Corey Kluber has eight shutouts in his career. He's uh, tied for second among active pitchers. I was just trying to figure: is Bumgarner still active? Bumgarner is still active. Okay. He is with the Diamondbacks, uh. and he has seven, so he is fourth on this list. How many more do I need? You need one, two, three. Yikes. All right, you're gonna have to. We got to I, I want to. All, right, all right, uh, one of them is uh, he's very much a journeyman. He's currently on the Marlins, which I, I honestly didn't even remember. He was with the White Sox, I think, last year. Uh, Long time. Uh, he's been with the Reds. He was with the Royals. It was the Reds with the Royals. It was the Reds. He was with the Royals, and now he's with the Marlins. Yeah, I it's. I don't know. <laughs> He is, yeah, long-time red. Long-time he was, oh, he was red. He with the Giants, I guess. Um, Johnny Cueto? Yes. Johnny is Johnny Cueto a Marlin? He is a Marlin right now. I didn't now. know that at yes, all. Yes, he is. Uh, he had, we got, we got lit up for four runs in I one inning. No uh, idea. First that, I had no clue that Johnny Cueto uh, But, yeah, was he a has uh, a good, he has uh, five, uh, he have, or excuse me, eight shutouts in his career. So, he is tied for second on He was one on of those guys list. that, like, everybody was trying to convince me, like, that would have been a good signing for the Orioles. <laughs> I just didn't no. realize it was the Marlins. Uh, this guy is currently in Kansas City. Is currently in Kansas City. Oh, um, Danny Duffy? No, not Danny Duffy. Is Danny Duffy currently in Kansas City? I I don't know. I don't know. Where is Danny Duffy these days? Where Danny Duffy is? Is Granky back in Kansas City? Is, yeah, yes. right. yeah uh, Granky has five shutouts, and then this other guy he uh, started with the Cardinals. He saw, he has shutouts with, with five different. Now teams. we here. Started with the Cardinals. Now we here. Yeah. Um, where, where is he now? He is uh, he is a reliever for the Dodgers right now. Started with the Cardinals, reliever for the Dodgers. Started with the Cardinals, reliever for the Dodgers, and has... And then was with the Diamondbacks as a starter for a brief period. He's been with a lot of teams. You'll never get it. It is Shelby Miller. Oh, Shelby Miller. Okay. Shelby Miller. Right. I has know. five shutouts right. in his career, so he is tied... Uh, he was a star. He was a, you say it. Tied for fifth. It's, it's random, but it's not... Like, Shelby Miller was a qualified well, he starter was, for he a He was 6-17 in 2015 with you. the Braves, where he had two of his five shutouts. Um, but yeah, he did. Weird. I mean, that is he, weird. he was ten yeah. and nine and fifteen and nine in his two best seasons with the Cardinals. Oh. All right. Uh, tidbit was also brought to you by AJ Michaels, expert and award-winning AJ Michaels heating, AC, plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at ajmichaels.com. Tubular for the weekend is brought to you by the print issue of Press Box. Just about a week left to go get this one. Gunnar Henderson's on the cover. Get it for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. 
Yankees-Orioles on Masson all weekend. Today at 3, tomorrow night at 7, Sunday at 1.30. Uh, it'll be Clark Schmidt, sure, and Dean Kramer today. Nestor Cortez, Cole Irvin tomorrow, and Domingo Herman, I, Tyler Wells, right, on Sunday. Why have they not announced that? Uh, yeah, it's Tyler Wells. Wells. It's Tyler Wells, because then it would be Gibson, then it would be Grayson. Yeah. Like, it's Tyler Wells. He's just, for some reason, they haven't announced him yet as the starter on Sunday. But considering when he came in, it'll be Tyler Wells. A lot of lacrosse tonight. CBS Sports Network, Navy Loyola at 7. Big Ten Network, Maryland, Ohio State at 8. Um, the rest of lacrosse for the weekend tomorrow. Hopkins at Penn State tomorrow night at 7 on Big Ten Network. Uh, so you can watch it on TV as well. Uh, UMBC hosts UMass Lowell at noon tomorrow on America AmericaEast.tv. Flow Sports for Towson and Hofstra tomorrow at 3. Been a rough season for Towson. Just disappointing. Maryland baseball, a lot of TV this weekend. Uh, tonight on Big Ten Network at 8 o'clock. No, sorry. This after tonight on Big Ten Network Plus at six thirty, mm. they take on Rutgers. But then tomorrow, you can see the baseball game on Big Ten Network at three o'clock against Rutgers. And on Sunday, they're on ESPNU. So for whatever reason, it's a series that's getting a lot of TV this weekend between Maryland and Rutgers. And what else? The Masters, of course. Uh, ESPN today, CBS tomorrow and Sunday. On Sunday, you're allowed to watch it too. So they gift you that one extra hour of being allowed to view. By the way, somebody was really trying to explain the AI thing to me. Alexander Clements was really going in. Hi, Glenn. Just wanted to give you some more context regarding the AI comment. Are you sure this guy's not a bot? Are we sure this is not one of them? (laughs) The AI commentary, because you aren't totally correct. The feature group's broadcast on the Masters website still has normal human announcers. I didn't think it was all of the Masters was being broadcast by these guys. It's an option. Um, The AI commentary allows you to pick any golfers that you want to watch uh, that aren't on the feature broadcast and allows you to add the AI overdub. Uh, I believe it's also for video clips, not live commentary. Hmm. Maybe he, It's actually less impressive to me if it's not live. It's nothing then at that point. It'd be maybe. funny if he was about, like, if his last name started with an I, so his initials right? were AI. AI, right? Like, I'm not sure if we know if this person's <laughs> real or not or if they're actually... I'm not sure that we're ever going to be able to tell again who's real and who isn't. I think that's the reality of the world. Uh, so there's this new show called Jury Duty coming out today on Freebie. Um and so is it this a guy, remake of the Pauly Shore TV uh, movie? The, no, it's like it's it's a fake court case, but every and everyone involved is an actor except for one guy uh, okay. who's who, who thinks it's real and it's essentially I guess like a behind the scenes doc, like document like I guess mockumentary. If you say so. And this one guy thinks it's real, so he's taking it very seriously, and I guess everything's like kind of ridiculous. James Marsden is one of the jurors. He's like a somewhat known actor. He was I know him from Hop. I'm, I'm familiar with James Marsden. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. him from the movie Hop, the Easter movie. <laughs> Oh, that was don't say that out loud. That's it, that movie came out when I was like ten years old. Just keep keep. I it's, I, I was I wanted to leave early. It's you're right, 11:58. You're right. All right. Praise this new show on Peacock. Uh, Chloe Bailey. She's like a music I saw, star. I did see yes, this. Drewski yeah, is, uh, I did. is I did. in it I as well. It. Yeah. It might, eh, who knows? Nah. Uh, Quavo also in it. Um, Tiny Beautiful Things new series on Hulu with Catherine Hahn. She uh, starts writing an advice column, uh, even though her own life is falling apart. So great. Hulu. I do like Catherine Hahn though. Yes. So. Uh, Transatlantic, a uh, new series on Netflix. It takes place in 1940s France, and American journalists and other refugees are trying to get back to the U.S. during World War II, so kind of might be interesting. Chupa is a new kids movie on uh, on Netflix. I it looks, it, again, no, it looks You're interesting. saying anything. No, I'm not saying anything. It looks, it's kind of, it's a chupacabra, and these kids are, like, kind of taking care of it. Okay. And it looks, I don't know, I mean, just, I, I was always fascinated with the chupacabra as a, as a kid, so I was like, oh, they're making a movie? Okay. Boom, boom, the world versus Boris Becker, tennis documentary on Apple TV+. Plus. Oh, that's, in, that's interesting to me, but probably mm-hmm. just to me. You've gotten this far into this. You haven't mentioned 
Succession. I, I going in order. Everything, oh, all this stuff comes out today. Oh, you gotta, you gotta do better at prioritizing. Uh, the new, ep- new episode of uh, Josh Charles's show, The Power, on okay. Amazon Prime. All right, we do like him. And uh, Molly Shannon will be hosting Saturday Night That's Live. Right. That's right. On Saturday, who's the guest? Who's the musical guest? Uh, the Jonas Brothers. Oh, good. I think they have a new album today. Do they? I, I think so. Oh, at least a new right. song, something. I had to admit, I did not. I've never been a Jonas Brothers guy, but that last album they put out was kind of okay. <laughs> I didn't hear kinda the whole okay. thing. I heard some songs, and I was like, this isn't bad. It's probably kind of Like, okay. heating up means nothing to me. I have no, like, I sync means a lot to me. Jonas Brothers, zero. There's a Thai movie coming out on Netflix Saturday night. It's called Hunger, and it looks kind of interesting because, just, did you see the menu? Yeah. You did? So it's like, it looks like it's almost kind of like kind of like this, okay. the chef, right. but like from the chef's perspective, right. the All chef right. is going to this, like, you know, this crazy guy, this crazy chef okay. guy wants to work for him. Uh, but yes, new episode of uh, Lucky Hank in Succession uh, on Sunday night, and new series Catching Lightning on Showtime. It's the story of the former UFC fighter uh, Lightning Lee Murray, who was almost a champ, and then he w- pulled off one of like the m- biggest b- bank robberies in what? British history. I, I didn't know about so that. So he, you okay. know, of course, did not fight for a title. All right, well, that is interesting. Trying to rob a bank. <laughs> I will. I would like to watch that. I like that. Catching story. Lightning. Uh, Air is out in theaters this weekend and getting great reviews. Super Mm -hmm. Mario Brothers is out in theaters and not so much. Well, we had we had one big. That's true, right? Uh, Ronnie Brown, Mr. Ronnie Brown. Uh, It's for kids. I don't know. I don't know. My my kids. I don't know if I'm going to end up having to take them or not. I will get that. (laughs) You're going to tell them it sucks, guys. Yeah, right. You don't (laughs) want to watch this. This is terrible. Let's watch Tupo on Netflix. Right. That's what we're. No, we're not going to do that either. All right. Um, Thanks today to. uh, And by the way, everything else GlennClarkRadio.com. You can find it there. Thanks today to Stan the Fan. Thanks to Andrew Stick. Uh, thanks to Dwayne Simpkins and Kenny Amatololo, who you're about to hear from. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow morning, the bat around, 10 to noon. Stan will be part of that, as uh, Paul and Zach will be with you talking baseball. Rita and I, 1 to 4 on Sunday. Don't ask me what's on the show. We haven't thought about it, which is not great. It's I, I, could, I probably should have handled that a little Lamar. bit more. I guess. I guess. Rather not, but I guess. Stuff and things. That's what's coming up on the show on Sunday. Thanks to um, Dwayne Simpkins. Yeah, I guess am I thanking the guests now? I th- feel like there was something else I wanted to plug, but I can't remember what it was. Mm. Eh, whatever. Uh, c- say hello to me at the game. I'll be at the. I think I'm probably going to stop by Pickles ahead of time. Hang out with the crew from 105.7. So stop by, say hello. All right. Uh, thanks. Yes, today well, I already thanked our guests. We already yeah, did yeah, that right. bit. Yeah, what do right. we do? You're making it even worse yeah, for right, me. Right. Yeah. What the hell just happened here? That's why you're the host. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go local lacrosse teams. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show. I had to do it a little bit earlier on, but a great opportunity to catch up with Ken Neal. Ken Niamatololo. He's got a new gig. He'll tell us about it now. Well, it's always a pleasure to be joined by our next guest. Of course, he has been one of my favorite people for a very long time. And when I heard the role he was taking on out at UCLA, I thought to myself, oh, that's that's perfect. That sounds exactly right. He is now director of leadership for UCLA football, and he is the greatest coach in Navy football history. He is our friend, Coach Ken Niamatololo, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn. It's so great to catch up with you. I uh, hope you enjoyed at least like a week or two off. Congratulations on the new gig. Thank you, Glenn. And as always, thank you for having me. Excited to always talk with you. Thank you. 
can you can you tell me about this role, this opportunity, how everything came about, and why this was the one for you, Coach? Well, obviously, you know, I, I took some time off, you know, after you know deal at, at Navy, and just uh, was able to go back to Hawaii for a little bit and uh, see my my dad and my my daughter and her family, and also go to Guam, where my wife's from, just to kind of review things and. Um, I knew just being home that um, I'm too young to sit around, didn't want to retire, <laughs> but I didn't know exactly what role. And, you know, being in this profession for a while, I had some good friends that reached out and you know, offered me some positions and, you know, was very grateful for them. But I didn't feel, I, I, they were, just didn't feel good at that time. Um, you know, just more in the assistant coaching positions. And uh, I, I wasn't ready to get back in it that way. Uh, did some TV interviews uh, with different networks. Uh, didn't hear back for them, so obviously I didn't do too good. <laughs> but, you know, just thinking maybe I could stay in the game a little bit. And um, But then I got a phone call when I was in Guam from, you know, uh, Bryce McDonald, uh, you know, who's, the chief for Lady that uh, for Chip Hilly and used to work for me and just mentioned that hey Chip uh, might be interested and might have a position and just to just to hold tight and you know just he you know maybe calling you and so that's kind of how everything transpired and I talked to him and just you know as he talked about some of his thoughts and what he wants to do and you know it's very very interesting for for me it's very enticing and. Um, my son had previously taken a, a job here as a graduate assistant. So all of that, you know, it all felt good to me. I'm still figuring it out. And I, I mean, Chip doesn't need me here. He's doing an awesome job, you know, and he's done a great job here at UCLA, but grateful for this opportunity. And, um, you know, I just, what, whatever he needs, Coach Kelly needs, however, any way I can do to help him or, you know, I'm just here to help in any way that I can. When I hear the words director of leadership, I think, oh, well, that's that's perfect for coach. Like, that's exactly the type of role that he should be in because, as we've talked about, I know the type of leaders that you have helped uh, mold during your time in Annapolis. But admittedly, coach, I, I still don't know exactly what the title means. Um, can you tell me about what your role is going to be with uh, Coach Kelly and with UCLA? Yeah, and I, and I think, um, honestly, Glenn, it, it's still it's still formulating. You know, what I mean, it's it's still something that you know maybe just uh, some some leadership roles that Coach Kelly feels appropriate to helping out with players or his, his coaches, and and so it's something that he's formulated. You know, something is, um, and so it, it's it's a work in progress. Um, you know, so. However, I can, you know, do to help him that way and whatever we can do to, as he kind of, you know, formulate some of the, the things that I'll be doing transpiring uh, in the next couple of weeks. You know, we're taking a look at it, but a big part is, like I said, just seeing whatever it fits as far as Coach Kelly's vision of how he wants this role and, you know, I'll do the best I can to help him that way. He's wonderful. He is Coach Kenny Amatololo. He's with us here on GCR. 
Coach, it, is it? Do you know if there is? You know, I, like when I when I read it, it reads like it's maybe a little bit away from football specifically. It's it's that you know it's molding young men, it's helping them and guiding them. But is there a football aspect to what it is that you're going to be doing? Well, you know, obviously because I'm off the field, obviously you know, NCAA was you can't coach players and you know football wise, you can't do things from a Football X is no standpoint. Can't coach on the field or in meetings, but you know I, I get to be involved with football and get a chance to uh, be in football meetings. And I've I've sat in a ton of meetings, which has been awesome for me. Uh, so um, you know, sit in Coach Kelly's meetings and his offense and defense meetings, and it's been great for me. I mean, uh, the guy's a genius. I mean, he's is obviously is one of the best football minds that's ever coached his game. And so being able to sit in his meetings and listen and learn from he and his coaches has been an awesome experience. I was wondering, it was was it being – was it more enticing to you to do something that was less X's and O's? Did that – did you? I don't, know, I don't want to say a break. I, I don't know what the word is, but was that part of making this decision that you didn't necessarily mind that you weren't going to be – game planning every week for Arizona or Oregon State or something like that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. I I don't know if that was the case. I don't know if that was um I I didn't really know, you know, I mean Glenn when things got going, but it's been, you know, after thirty three years being in this profession, being able to, you know, wake up, you know, and with my wife in the morning. You know what I mean? Just things that I was able to you know, and I hadn't been able to do for a long time. It's just, it was nice. So I was just, I was just kind of waiting and seeing and what uh, felt right. Um, but I think being able to be in football was important to me. But I didn't know as an assistant if I was ready to get back on the road recruiting. Yeah. You know, being in this profession for 33 years, I'm like, uh, you know, 50, I, you know, I definitely have a ton of energy, but I don't know if I'm ready to go get back on the road and hit the pavement recruiting and get on flights, you know, for those kinds of things. So that part, I wasn't sure. I didn't know if I wanted to go down that road, but I want to stay in the game a little bit. I want to stay in football. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's been awesome. Like I said, just to be able to you know, the week or however long it's been here, just to be able to listen and learn from Chip from a football standpoint, it's kind of rejuvenated me to, uh, to, you know, I'm like a kid in a candy store, just just listening and, and observing. And like I said, from anything that I can do to help, or any thoughts that you know, if you ask my opinion on something, I'll you know I'll share some of my thoughts. But also recognizing that this is his show. Um, you know, Bryce. You know, like I said, used to be my DFO at Navy. When I was coming, he's always concerned about me. Say, Coach, you okay? You okay? And I said, Bryce, it's kind of nice after 16 years of, you know, making all the decisions just to sit in the background and just watch, <laughs> you know, and not have to make all the decisions. So it's, it's, it's from that standpoint, it's been good, Glenn. Could could, you, could that, you know, could you see that changing, or do you feel like maybe, you know, as you mentioned, is you're you're getting up and and closer to 60, you find yourself saying, Nah, I'm I'm pretty good if I never have to go on the road again and have to go do this and it's not just recruiting obviously as you know it, it you know in, in places that aren't like the academy it's recruiting your own guys 
um, throughout the course of the year? Like, are are you finding yourself at a place where, like, you know, if that if that's never what I do again, I'm going to be okay with that? Yeah, you know, if I'm just gonna gonna be here and 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 do the best I can in the role that you know Coach Kelly's helped ask me to do, and I'll do the best that I can. And I'll kind of see where it goes from there, Glenn. You know, what I mean, I okay. I still uh, I just needed the break. Um, just kind of get my bearing on stuff, trying to see which direction I want to go uh, in life and, you know, life. And um, if the right opportunity comes around, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely open to it. But I just uh, wanted to take this year, and I thought this was the perfect time to be in a role, uh, be by my son, uh, be in a role that I felt like I could help uh, with Coach Kelly in the way that I can. Uh, be around people that I'm very familiar with. I mean, I was good friends with Chip because he, when he's at Philadelphia, I became friends with him. Obviously, Bryce McDonald being here, the chief of staff, and Brian Norwood, who's a safeties coach, who, you know, was my my best friend growing up. You know, so to be around them, um, being closer to Hawaii, I'm kind of in the middle, so I can still come back to Annapolis. My son yep. and his family's still there. Yep. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful for that. Working with Coach Noon, Coach Volker, so he's excited. His family, Bob. And my daughter, Alexia, lives in Hawaii. So I'm kind of in the middle. My wife can go back and forth. And so I think all of those, it was more than just a football decision. It was a life decision. You know, where could me and my wife see ourselves being and being able to still you know, be families, and we thought this was a perfect fit for us. I, I wanted to ask you about, you know, I, obviously everybody knows, I, I certainly still have a bit of a distaste for how it all played out, but you pointed out your son's still there, and, and Coach Newberry, who I know you, you think the world of, and all of that. What What is your relationship like still with the staff there? And are are you in a place where, hey, if somebody reaches out, you're – you're able to respond and, and able to help despite how everything played out in December. Glenn, I love the brotherhood. I love Navy football. I love Annapolis. That would never change. You know what I mean? I got, I got two homes there. You know what I mean? I just, it's, I, I was there for 25 years. I raised my family there. I, I don't have any bitter feelings. You know, I got into this profession recognizing what it was about. You know, it's it's a business, and I recognize that. You know, something in football, you see the football part of it, but it's also a big business, and I I recognize that. But um, I could definitely see myself coming back to Annapolis. You know, I mean, I don't have any better feelings. Um, and, you know, Coach Newberry and I still do communicate every now and then. You know what I mean? I, I try to stay out of his hair. I, you know what I mean? It's his, his show now. I'm not going to tell him what to do or anything, but – if he has a question or something, you know, we'll, we'll converse. But like I said, I'm not, um, you know, it's just his, his deal and allow him to move forward. He's a very smart man and a great football coach, and he's going to do great things. You know, and I'm, I know I'm, my son's excited to work for him and work for PJ. But like I said, Glenn, you know, Annapolis was my home for 25 years, almost half my life, you know. So I don't have any bitter feelings be honest with you, I mean, before I left, you know, Chet and I were able to communicate. Just, you know, just, I'm you know, just appreciative of the opportunity that he gave me. Whatever, you know, in 2007, uh, to be the head football coach, and I just, it just shared, hey, you know, I, I know things can end. We both want, but 
I'm just hopeful that he sees that he's grateful for the the body of work that I was able to provide, and you know, just and then we both move on, and and he was, you know, we had a good text coming back, we had good communication because you know, just both want to move on, you know what I mean? But I don't, I don't have any bitter feelings, Glenn, at all. It's it's uh it's an invaluable resource for the folks there to be able to reach out, Coach. I mean, like I. You know what, what that what that can do um, is uh, is overwhelming. How helpful it can be. Um, you know, before I let you go, could you you keep mentioning Coach Kelly? And obviously, he's such a a fascinating figure within our sport. And I don't know if a lot of people here even know that once upon a time he was here in Baltimore uh, on the staff at Johns Hopkins with Coach Margraf. But um, it, it, being around him and the vision that he has for football, you know, you're someone obviously who had quite a vision for football that was a little bit different than what a lot of people were doing. But what have you soaked up the most from his vision for the game and for offense? And, you know, how, how has that relationship come along? And, and I guess what was your relationship like before you took on this role? Well, Chip's always had a great affinity for the, the service, uh, you know, the military, the service academies. And so that's how we became friends. And, you know, he would come and visit. Uh, a few times when he was at Philadelphia, came down to Annapolis when we'd play up there, uh, whether it's Temple or Army, you know, I mean, he'd, um, he'd come by and visit. We'd go by their facilities. Uh, so, you know, I was able to build a relationship with him. Uh, but Coach Kelly's a, I mean, he's a smart man. He's a genius. He's a football savant. You know, a lot of the, Things in college football or in football in general, some of the spread concepts, the tempo, like I mean, it's Chip was a pioneer of that stuff. He's a pioneer now. You know, there's been so many things that have evolved over the years, but a lot of those early principles that you know in his Oregon teams, which he got from, like you said, a lot of different places where he was at, you know, and schools that he coached at before. But you know, he was an innovator in that and. And to see him now, some of the stuff that he does, his organization of his of his his program, the culture that he's created, it's it's been enlightening for me. It's been great for me as as a guy that's done it. Also, to be able to come and see how somebody else does it, to see the inner workings of it and how they do things. So I just said, you know, I'm just on my iPad taking a ton of notes, you know, learning from I think one of the you know the the greatest football minds in, in football. That's awesome. Uh, Coach, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for UCLA um, because, I, again, I keep saying it, I don't know that there's anybody more suited for a title of director of leadership than you, my friend. Um, I, w- whatever happens next, you know I can't wait to see it, and you know that we'll be following, and I'll have a reason to root for a team out on the left coast this season. Uh, Coach, love you. Always appreciate you. Thank you for hopping on with us and spending a few minutes telling us about the new gig. Thank you, Glenn. Love you too, brother, and all the best to you and your family.